Welcome to episode 99 of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. And I'm Christine. I oh, hope no. you put in like like trumpets or something right when you say that. Oh, now you're putting pressure on me to figure I know. out editing. Edit in, look, edit in some trumpets. You can handle it. Uh, do I have to edit out you saying edit in trumpets in case I don't add no. them and then it sounds I, like I failed? I think you leave it all. <laughs> oh, God. That's a, that's a lot of pressure. I, I don't even know where to begin on that. Does it have to be trumpets? Could it be sexy saxophone? I don't know. Oh, that'd be nice, too. Yeah. Now, oh, man, now I'm getting very distracted thinking about all the musical cues I don't know how to insert into this podcast. Yeah, let's just talk like there were musical cues and just pause, but there'll be nothing. <laughs> that would make people love better, it, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, on this episode where we're going to talk about things <laughs> other than musical cues, what are we going to talk about, Christine? We're talking about, I think I know this, 1988. Uh-huh. Am I right? Yep. Right? Okay. Pin. The movie Pin. It's called Pin. It's I called know. Pin. Bear with me. Um, and then, oh, let's see if I can remember when the boy came out. Was that 2016? I believe it was. It was 2016, oh. yes. Look at me. I got both of them well, this well week. Well played. It only took you 99 episodes to get the rhythm going. I like Woo-hoo. it. I like it indeed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it is a very, uh, what, would, what would you call it, very um, doll that people uh, imbue with a lot of personality episode movie day. Some inanimate objects. Inanimate objects that people invest Sexualize? in. Sexualize? Oh, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, you know, uh, it's, we've got a lot to talk about. I think I'll say right off the bat, I know we're going to have to spoil the boy because... yeah. You can't really talk about all of it without talking about some of it. There goes it's spoiler territory. So, so here's spoiler free. I really like it. Oh, I it's do too. great. Actually, second time. This is my second watch. Liked it even more. Ooh. So if you're like, I don't care. I'll just listen. No, no, go watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because it was. It's actually really good. Yeah, and my husband really liked it too. Yeah. So like it's not That's just a good sign. Yeah, it's not just you with your like very particular frame of what you like mm-hmm. and me with my it has a doll in it, so of course I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. Like no, you have an objective third party that really enjoyed the movie. So yep. it is it is unfortunately not streaming that I know of. <laughs> no, I think um I think we redboxed it okay. randomly. It was still at Redbox. Okay, but you people so... you can Redbox, you can library, you can Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's options for you. I'm sure Amazon has some I, way that you yeah, can Yeah, I think it's like five bucks it. to watch on Amazon. So that yeah, you know. Who knows? Again, we won't spoil it until we talk about it, but we will spoil it. So and Pin, yeah. I feel like we'll end up talking in detail a lot about Pin, though Pin is a less For sure. Yeah, it's a less twisty movie in many ways. So but that's but, just your very so early warning. Thing. Even if you heard every person talk about it till the end of time, yeah. you still should watch it. I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm really excited about these movies this week. I know we do. Yeah. Oh, so excited that I forgot about the other thing we we do, which is talk about other movies we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Christine, what have you got that did not involve a doll that people invested a lot of uh, uh, emotion and, and weight in? Well, I actually have some exciting ones that I really want to talk about this Ooh. week, which seems rare sometimes. It does. Um, 
yeah. So I watched a movie um, with Ethan Hawke called 24 Hours to Live, and okay. I didn't like it. It. I don't know much about this. It's like he... I mean, it's all right there, Emily. Fair. He has 24 hours to live. It's very um, hardcore Henry John Wick kind of. Got it. Like action. For lack of better things to pull from. It's very, it's very actiony. Sure. The thing is, it's not actiony enough, Mm. which is a weird critique of this movie. Um, There's a lot of like really like quiet moments that I'm just kind of like, when do we get to the fireworks factory? Mm, Can we have some more action, please? Um, but I don't know. I'm sure somebody likes it. It's somebody's kind of movie, so okay. good for them. Um, so I went to the theater, and I really want to talk about this, to see Proud Mary. Oh, oh, I this does not have a happy ending. It does not have a happy ending. So I really like Taraji P. Henson. I was so fucking excited for this movie. Um, we didn't see it on opening weekend. Um, cause there was, <laughs> like there was the another rest of the movie. World. Yeah, I know. I, and I really wanted to, too, because I had heard that it wasn't doing great. Right. Uh, but, like, the times didn't work out because, bizarrely, not the, this feeds into the story, not a lot of theaters up here are playing it. Okay. Um, it's a like, movie I, that, yeah, they, there have been a lot we written had a about the weird lack of enthusiasm on the studio's part to release mm-hmm. the movie. And whether, is that a racial thing, or was it just that the movie wasn't that good? Who knows? But it seemed really weird because it's such a – it had a great poster and mm-hmm. a great, like, great title, great, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's Taraj B. Henson as a basically, like, modern exploitation hero, right? And yep. the, like, studio yep. just kind of said, like, yeah, no, we're just going to put this out there quietly and hope nobody knows that we're doing it. And it's it's strange, very strange. Very strange. So we were, like, opening weekend, couldn't make it work. I was bummed. And so I said, come hell or high water, we're gonna see this next weekend like even if we have to make it the entirety of a day mm. to go somewhere for a showing we're seeing this fucking movie um oh, so i didn't know now the story has an even sadder ending I, it, I i cannot express to you how how bummed i am about it yeah so um we go we we go to a theater that is not near us at all we drive it's not like it's not like two hours away but it's like probably 40 minutes mm-hmm an hour like it, it was it was a drive sure um super jazzed like i even treated myself to a soda pop <gasps> which you know is like unheard you, of yeah and my expectations are where they should be i know that this is probably gonna not be a perfect movie but i'm looking for some like badass lady fun if mm-hmm. she wears a lot of black and i was gonna say things. some cool sexy outfits yeah like like i'm I, i'm entertained i'm not thinking this is gonna be an oscar caliber film right so we get to the theater like super early because it was a stupid drive and we're the only ones in there. And I saw I'm the thinking, picture. Like, yep. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm bummed that there's not more people here, but maybe like we'll have the theater to ourselves, which is also kind of fun. Now keep in mind this theater had m- like many, many showings. It was actually in- on two screens, hmm. um, which was strange, but whatever. So um, we're sitting there playing on our phones and people start coming in and um i was like oh good people are showing up for this movie good 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 and um there's like a couple and they sit like a couple of rows behind us and then like another like a couple of dudes come in and sit like in our row but like on the other side mm-hmm. and like maybe 10 people 
come okay, come in okay. aside from us. Not bad. So um, the credits start going, and they're playing. I think they're playing Papa Was a Rolling Stone, and I was like, oh, oh my god! Like I'm so into this. This is exact going to be exactly what I want it to be. And like in the so like as the it, it's on, like the trailers have gone by. The movie proper has fucking started. This couple walks in and um, comes around to like our side. We're on the far side away from the door and like sits in the row in front of us. Mm. And the whole time he walks up the stairs, walking down the row, he's singing super loud oh, the, the song. That, that's that's and what I'm you like, do. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's, that's what you do when you go to the movies. But I thought like, okay, we're all excited for this movie. <laughs> um, and... But it doesn't. It doesn't stop. Like it's talking full volume at screen, very loudly. Yeah. Like talking like the screen can hear them. And mm. and and Zach was like, "Oh, what are we gonna like? I can't." And I'm like, yeah. "Look, we're just gonna tune it out and enjoy this." Um, um, I don't know. Maybe we're a half an hour into the movie. The dude, um, the row in front of him like all the way on the opposite side turns around and says like hey can you please try to keep it down they have a, like reasonable. a little back and forth oh. and um reasonable and it gets pretty quiet like and i'm like oh okay good i didn't have to be the one to say right, something because right. i'm not going to i don't want to get stabbed in the dark yes. I'm, I'm not the one that tells you to judge because i don't want to get beaten to death or raped afterwards right i, I do me. it at movie so, theaters so i don't like, do it on the bus <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah. Um, so it, it maybe five minutes, maybe we get five minutes of silence. It kicks back up again. Oh, no, like bad, worse. Yeah. He's swearing at the screen. <laughs> so the the same that said, "Hey, cool out." He, super nice, super respectful. Turns and said, "Look, I asked. For, I asked you respectfully. Now I can hear this whole thing. There's a fucking movie playing. Right. Um, uh, I asked you respectfully if you could please quiet down." This dude, other dude, goes off. Oh, no. oh I, uh, you can't. There's no way you can hear me. Um, move to another seat. Move <laughs> across the theater. There's no way. And like now, at this point, everybody in the theater has turned and is looking at this man, and we're all thinking, we absolutely can hear you, no matter where we're seated. <laughs> well, you also, theater. how would? Why would somebody say to be quiet if they can't hear you? Yeah. So like you, you know, why don't you come over here and fucking say that to me? Like all that <sighs> aggro oh, bullshit yeah. of like. And, like, not for nothing, but this this dude that asked him to be quiet was, like, a million feet tall and is and as wide as a house. Like, I don't think he would have had any problem going over sure. there and, and holding his own. But he's also a human being in yeah. public. Who does not want to said, get into a brawl in a movie theater, probably. So the, the, the young lady sitting next to him is now... T- turned completely around a look of disgust on her face staring at this guy and he's like you don't even know how excited my daughter was to see this movie i brought here her here for this movie and you're ruining it just please be quiet and it was so bad and so the dude stayed like the dude asked me quiet stood up and the other dude stood up and they're like yelling at each other Uh. and like i know i'm such such a delicate liberal snowflake but i got a little bit uncomfortable uncomfortable. yeah by at this point we have missed i'm not exaggerating three to five minutes of this movie because this is happening and like zach looks at me and he's like do you want to just go and i was like yes i do want to go so the 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 gentleman with his daughter stood up and they start to walk out and the guy starts fucking screaming Uh. don't leave 
you don't have to leave because of it. Sit and enjoy the movie. Don't, like, screaming, don't leave. So I'm like, we're going. 100% yep, nope, we're going. Nope. <laughs> and we, so we walk out, and I like, get my coat together, and, like, the, the other people are in front of us, and he turns around, and he's like, are you leaving because of him? And I was, and we're like, yeah, like, we miss so much of the movie. It's not, it's not fun right. anymore. And, like, the, gir- the girl was like, I'm so disappointed. I'm so upset. And so the dude goes up to the, like, the person taking tickets and, like, you need to send somebody in there. Do you have, do you have security here? <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so laughs> the 16-year-old regal... occasionally who's sweeping doubles yeah. as a security guard. At the Regal Movie Theater, do yeah. you have security? And so, like, um, I guess they go and get, like, their ticket refunded and and i i went to the bathroom and as i'm we're walking out we we did it through movie pass mm-hmm. so it's like whatever um but they got they went out to the box office and got new tickets and they we passed them and they were actually going to see it on the other screen because okay. there was another one just hey, that started. Out. <laughs> and i was like so glad i'm because my heart hurt for yeah, that girl that like, sucks it really like, oh it's like i i mean i don't like confrontation in real life I really don't I don't like being part of it and I really don't like witnessing it and it's it's awful when it happens it really is and I've I've had movies and shows like destroyed for me for the same way um never I but see me like I just don't want me and my brother almost got into a brawl with a bunch of like 16 year olds on Christmas day a couple years ago when we went to see Peter Pan in the theaters Mm-hmm. Um, but we stayed through it because I'm like, look, we paid for this movie. I'm not leaving. Uh, in hindsight, we probably just could have gotten our money back. But Yeah, I think if I've had to walk out of a movie before because of people and I know like you can go to the box office and get stuff. And like I was I was really bummed. And um, yeah. that theater the next weekend, it wasn't there anymore. Ah. Like I, so it like left theaters around here. Yeah. I couldn't find it. So now I'm like, I have to fucking. I'm gonna eventually have to redbox this movie. But I, I mean, the, I, I, I got my money. I bought a ticket. So okay. like, well, I don't know. Yeah. So that's my shame. story. <laughs> I wonder if that's why the movie didn't do well. That it has something in it that instigates that in uh, theaters across the country. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, there was not, it was like a pretty by the, what we saw was pretty by the numbers. Right, it right. wasn't like, like inflammatory in any way. Did she so, wear cool outfits at least? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, she looked real cool. Good. I was super disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't I'll get to see, see it more. sometime. Eh. Well, thank you. Um, so then I think we even came home and watched Resident Evil Afterlife. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was really upset. I understand. That's the fourth. That's the fourth one, which has suddenly become my favorite. Is that um, the one with the clones? The, like, at the beginning, there's a bunch of clones? No, the one where um, they're in, like, a fake Moscow. Oh, no, no, I know exactly what you mean. That's... I believe that's the fifth one. That's okay, the that's one the that one. That's, I think that's my This favorite. is the one where they're, like, in the city. Okay, this is the one I have no memory And Kim of, Coates is in it. If that helps, okay, it should. But I don't. I hated it the first time I saw it. Yeah, that's the one I've only seen once, and I remember kind of I recorded it off of Sci-Fi, so there were commercials, and it was weird. So I have no memory mm-hmm. of that movie. So maybe I'll give another go. Yeah, after, I didn't on your recommendation. I didn't like, but but um, hindsight, it's okay. actually kind of fun. So all right. Um, let's see. My list has escaped me. Um, there it is. Um. I watched a movie called Anna, and I don't know if I liked it, because I can't really remember much about it. <laughs> I think it had 
Vera Farmiga's younger sister, whose name I can't say. Tessa Farmiga, I think. Tessa Farmiga. Tessa. Oh, yeah, it's not Tessa. It's like T-A-I-A-I-U-S. Umlaut A. Something like that. She's in it, and Mark Strong is in it, who I love. Okay. And, like, I thought, oh, this could be fun, and I don't really remember anything about it. So <laughs> I don't probably think it was. something. But I think, it's on, I think it's on Prime. You're not really selling it to me, so. No. It's kind of like an erotic game of cat and mouse, but that, that girl is a little girl. So, like, it oh. didn't work for me. Now I feel bad getting titillated by that. No, let's not. Let's let's not. It's not. It's not awesome, but figured I'd mention it. Um, so I watched a movie that's really, really good. It's not my next Netflix recommendation because I had to rent it. Um, I think I got it from the library actually. It's called Faults, and it's um, oh, Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Yes, this is really good with Leland Orser. You've, yes, you've seen it. It used to be on Netflix. That's how I saw it. I think it was on Instant Watch. Um. It's a shame it's not if it if maybe it still is. I didn't that's not how I saw it. But um I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah, it's I mean I watched it because I knew it was about cults, so that was exciting because I love cults. And <laughs> it's and yeah. I, I mean credit to it too. I've never I, I've always thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead is cute, but I've never gotten much from her as an actress. <laughs> she is great in that movie. She's really good. Yeah. It's um, it, it it stuck with me for like a couple yep, days. Yep, and it's good. It has some really good twists. Um, it's better to watch it not knowing anything about it because then you just really don't know what you're in for. Yeah, I yeah I, I had no idea. Yeah, I second that recommendation heartily. Hooray! Yeah, so get it from the library. <laughs> um, well, um, Maze Runner Death Cure came out last weekend, did, so I had you, to of course gear up. You went to see it. What did you think? Um, rewatched all of them. One and two are better than I remember. Um, three is three is a little disappointing oh. because they're the first two are so good. I think it just suffers from what a lot of like Wild finales. Conclusions. Yeah, it, it's there was a lot of things to do and yep. there was a lot of ends to tie up. But I still really liked it. We went and saw it in um, the reclining chairs. Ooh, nice. And when we got there, we saw that they had like a four, like a four DX showing. You know, the one where it says it'll rain on you. Ooh, did it rain on you? No, I, we didn't. We didn't have tickets for it, oh. and the tickets would have been like, I'm not kidding you, twenty five dollars a piece. Well, that's I don't know what they are in New York, so I'm not surprised. I can't do it, man. Twenty five dollars. I know. What do I look like? I don't go to the Rob- movies very often. <laughs> but now, like hindsight, of course, I want. I should have seen it in four DX. Oh man, yeah. That that actually it sounds kind of annoying to be rained on during a movie, but yeah, but I don't know that they the, they had jigsaw in 4DX. What, what I guess do they like do they throw water on you whenever there's like blood spatter? I no, I'm so curious. Yeah, everybody, if you've ever seen a 4DX movie, comment on the Facebook page and talk to me about and it. And is it just what? Like, is it always just water? <laughs> Because what else could it be? Like, they can't be doing, like, um, Nickelodeon-style goo like, at you, right? It's so weird, too, because they'll say on, like, the, the advertisement thing, like, there's, like, wind and rain and air. Like, they're, like, like that's they, really all they you can do. Start, <laughs> they, like, start repeating right. things. And, like, also and water, but a combination of like, hydrogen and oxygen together as it? a compound. Because, like, they can't be shooting, like, lemonade in your eye. Somebody could get hurt. 
That's true. Yeah. Wise words from Emily. Yeah, you know. Um, someday I'll someday I'll go to one. Um, but yeah, everybody should watch at least the first two movies because they're widely available at this point. Um, I rewatched Logan because I hadn't seen it since I the theater. I still have not seen it. Have you seen it? No. It's it's really good. Now here's a question. I, mean, I haven't. Everybody said that. Do I have to watch the other Wolverine movies to watch it? No. Okay. No. All right. It sort of takes place in its own universe. It has its own history and its own canon. And if this is my this is my 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 recommendation to you, if you if you ever start watching that movie and you feel like I don't know what's going on, I miss something. That's the way it's supposed to be because it'll Ooh. it'll tell you things after. Good to know. Very good to know. Okay. But yeah, it's really good. It's it's it might have been better than I remembered because okay. I know people were really like jazzed and I was like it was okay. I'm gonna put it on my um, Netflix queue I right have, now. You should you should watch it. I will. I have a like a crazy recommend. Like this is like a high, heavy, serious recommend, which would be Killing of a Sacred Deer. <gasps> oh, I really want to see it. Um, I loved I the lobster watch. And I love Dogtooth, and I love Nicole Kidman. So it seems as though there's no reason for me not to love that movie. You know what's funny? I thought The Lobster looked stupid and refused to watch it, and people used to recommend Dogtooth to me all the time, and I was like, that doesn't look good. (laughs) And I almost didn't watch this movie, but Zach was like, we should just, we should watch a real movie. Let's, like, we got it. Here it is. Let's watch it. And I was like, fine, whatever. (laughs) And it was so fucking good you really so should watch the other the two movies yeah uh, i mean i know those were his other two american or not american yep. but english language film no well Dogtooth wasn't english i don't know those are his last two movies and they're both really good i think you would like the lobster they're the ones that i've heard people talk about so yeah i think those are the ones that i guess got because i'm yeah, sure i, know, I don't think yes. Dogtooth was his first film ever but i think it was the first one to get international release maybe because um, Dogtooth, I think for you, is so up your alley. It's strange and about a family that's being raised weird. I feel like I, it. I, it's funny, but I think there's some real darkness to it, and I think it would be very effective for you. And, and that's what make, made me not want to see it, mm-hmm. because I, I really feel like that's a weird line to toe like that like it's funny but also really dark and disturbing that usually makes that usually makes me go like i'm not gonna like it i don't know why i'm stuck up but like you could easily say that about killing of a sacred deer okay i laughed out loud a couple times it's absurd yeah and there are genuinely like funny moments in it but it's really upsetting Ooh, okay the lobster i think it might still be on amazon prime it was for a while that's how i watched it yeah, I had seen it was on there. Um, I toyed with watching it, but I was like, I'm not going to like watch this. It. It's, it, you know, it's one of those movies, like, it takes a little bit once you get, it It does something I love, and um, which is it presents a ridiculous um, scenario in a really um, deliberately bland style. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. it's this crazy setup, but yet the movie is so grounded in this very um, almost dull mood that it makes everything that much funnier and weirder. Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah, that's it's good. That's, that's an interesting critique and an interesting point because you could say the exact same thing about this movie, except all that stuff makes 
the disturbing, horrific, uneasy nature of it mm-hmm. even even worse. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And Zach was like, it reminds So Zach compared it to... He compared it to Cronenberg. Ooh. Which I don't know if you would ever compare those other movies to that. But he said that it was... He made a good point. It was so stark and, like, like bare that it made him kind of, like, seasick. Like, it was yeah, really disorienting. I know what you're saying. It is. It's this... It's, it's funny, especially with The Lobster, which is, like, a very, in many ways, like, bodiless movie where... Because you think <laughs> of, like, Cronenberg, you know, you think body horror. The Lobster is, like, everybody is dressed in drab clothing, and if there's sex, it's completely, you know, emotionless and so on. But... That is very Cronenbergish in a way. So yeah, I could I could see that. It's, mm-hmm. it's this like yeah, strict discipline, yeah. And you you should watch both of them. Again, okay. I, I think the Lobster I think is funnier and a little more um, more absurd. I guess um, Dogtooth is a little more. Uh, there's a little more emotion to be invested in, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but both are really good and unlike anything else, which I think is what makes them very exciting. Well, I will watch them if you will watch this. I will. Is it out on DVD yet? Uh, um, that's how I think we watched it. I don't know. Okay. It all blurs together. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think we got it from Redbox. Okay. I'll just put it on my queue. I don't know. Redbox sends me sends me coupons and they're like hey do you want a 99 cent movie and i'm like look i'm at the grocery store yes i do want a 99 cent movie <laughs> i don't even know where the nearest red box is to me. um so i know it's a lot different for, like where you are yeah like it's, um, it's just but not here there's like one now. at mcdonald's hmm. yeah interesting hmm. so the last movie that i watched uh let me explain to you that it's to gear up for another movie that I'm bizarrely excited about. Okay. So I watched Skyline again because apparently there's a Skyline too. What the hell is do Skyline? Remember, do you remember Skyline? It um, it's the Alien movie with Eric Balfour. I know these remember, are words that I'm supposed to know. Remember when? So it was like Battle for Los Angeles, and, and Skyline came out at like right at the same time, and like no one could keep them straight. I don't. I remember Battle for Los Angeles more because I remember the Asylum version coming out immediately, and it was called Battle for LA, which I think is one of their better phobia smart. moments. Um, I uh, okay, it's a movie. I believe you. It's on IMDb. It's it is a movie. It's got people in it. Oh, the dude from Scrubs, not not. Um... Not that one I don't uh, like. Donald Fajian. Fa- 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 <laughs> the guy from Clueless. Okay. Yes, from there you go. That's much, much better. Pull. Much easier. Um, it, I I don't know. I watched, when they came out, I watched Skyline and Battle for Los Angeles, and Skyline was the one I liked better. So in my head, I have it locked in that I like this movie, but I don't. It's not very good. Um, Who the hell is so, making so I saw Skyline the sequel, too. and I... I don't know. I lost my crap, though. I was like, oh, my God, we need to watch Skyline because we need to watch Skyline, too. Beyond Skyline. So. What yep, the hell? Oh, fucking Frank wait. Grillo. They've upgraded. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Skylined probably tonight, maybe. If I, I don't know. 
um, that might be the weirdest movie to make a sequel. That might be the oddest choice of here is a sequel to a movie that I think I can possibly ima- remember. Yeah. And that's why I was so jazzed when I find, found out about it. I think we saw it because we were scrolling through Redbox. Um, and it might have come up and I made a joke like, oh, what's that, a Skyline sequel? And we looked into it and it was. <laughs> that is like, oh, okay. insane. Let's do it. Was it like filmed in 2013 so, and it just never welcome. came out? It sat in a shelf all these years? Like, what? I, no, I'm just I, I don't know. It's so weird, right? Because I think I was just on the IMDb for Skyline and let me see how much money it made. Skyline was made. Wait, da, 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 da. Okay, its budget was ten million dollars. It its its mm-hmm. United States gross was twenty one million dollars. International gross wow. about eighty million. So, I mean, it 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 did well internationally. Maybe is it made like only for Croatians or something? That's not terrible. It's not terrible, but I don't know. That's interesting. That's a weird weird choice to make if for a film studio. <laughs> It's like saying yeah. I'm going to make a sequel so to Hopeful Two. I'm so I don't excited. know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yes, I do understand. I do. So, how did Skyline Thank hold you. up for you? I appreciate it. Oh, it's. I don't like it. I don't know why I think I like it. It's <laughs> one of those movies that I'll tell you is good, and then I'll watch it and be like, Oh, I don't like this movie. <laughs> but you are going to um, go see but, the sequel. Yeah, we're going to see the sequel. Okay. I'm. I'm just really curious now. I mean, I am too now. Now you've piqued my interest. Because it's apparently like a direct sequel too. God, that's weird. So interesting. Should yeah, I so... watch Skyline? No. Okay. <laughs> I can't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, and then that's it for me for movies. But I will say that I watched the first episode of The Sinner. Oh, the, the Jessica, Jessica Biel one, show. right? What'd you think? And it gave me a panic attack. <laughs> it was so fucking intense. I lost my mind. Um, she's amazing. It's deeply upsetting and troubling, and I can't wait to watch more of it. Um, cool. When you finish it, let me know if you think I should watch it. I might. I kind of got, um, it's one of those shows, by no fault of the show, I got really tired of it without ever watching an episode, because, as you know, I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU reruns, and those air oh, on USA. Oh, have you USA. seen a lot of ads for it? I would see ads for it. And like every, because that's one of the few channels oh. that I'll just like put on in the background and, and while I'm doing stuff. So I would be like a Saturday and I'm sitting there writing or doing some stuff and I've got that on in the background. And like every commercial break they would do, it wasn't just a, a commercial for the movie. It would be a like sitting down and talking with Bill Pullman about the sinner and so on. So like I, I just kept hearing the same sound bites about it all over and over and over again. Uh, so I needed it to like purge out of my mind before I sat down for it. That's interesting because I didn't see any ads for it and I kept forgetting it existed. Ah, okay. Huh. Because I don't watch, I don't usually watch like regular TV. Right, right. Yeah. And it's just the random it's ones so that I like, do, which is where I end up seeing the same stuff over and over again. Yep. Well, I'll let you know because I think we are going to finish it. Okay. Oh, by the way, I, I watched the first episode of Alias Grace and I didn't like it. Oh. Watch, try the second one too. It, it, I mean. I will, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. I mean, because the episodes aren't long. They're all, I think like the longest one is like 50 minutes. Like they're all between like 40 <laughs> and 50 minutes. And it's a pretty tight, I think it's just six episodes. And it, I mean, to me, the, the show kind of unfolds 
when I say like a novel, I don't mean like like The Wire, where it's you know building and building and building. Like I don't mean that. I mean it folds like a novel in that uh, it's like the standalone episodes themselves, out of context, aren't that special. But when you put them all together and you kind of get to the end and you start to see what is being done and sort of what was going on underneath and maybe what's there and what's not there and what am I seeing? I don't know what I'm seeing. It comes together in the end in a way when like you finish a novel and you're like, oh, now I get it. I didn't like reading Mm -hmm. it in some cases, but now that I'm finished it, I feel like I got something. So that's my pitch for it. That's enough. That's pitch enough. I'll watch the second episode. Okay. Because you haven't even, have you even met um, um, Anna Paquin in there yet? No. Okay. See? You see? You haven't even met Anna, Anna Paquin. So there. I I know. Look, I have that to look forward to. Okay. Good. Okay. That's everything you've got. That's it. All right. So on my end, I don't have too much. I finished season one of Black Mirror, of, of Mindhunter. Did I talk about finishing oh, okay. Mindhunter? I know you talked about it, but I don't think you talked okay. about finishing it maybe you did i don't know did you I, like it not real. no no i didn't no. the more i thought about it the more my answer is no there's things to like about it uh again the acting is fine and even everybody's like oh jonathan groff i'm like no, no no he's fine his character doesn't make any sense but as an actor he's fine um his partner i forget the actor's name is fantastic um a lot of the guys playing serial killers are great but I just and I, yes, the chick is great. I forget her name, but she was the one on Fringe that you like. Oh, Anna. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's I can't fantastic. Think of her last name. Um, I just find the show is. I, I figured it out more and more. The show is there is no human being in that cast. In that, I mean, aside from I guess the one character who, it's 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 that very David Fincher esque thing of thinking um i guess that a show or movie is more interesting when it's about what's happening and the style than it is in any way when you step back and say but would a person act like that in in this situation would a person say this in this situation and just that lack of humanness to the show really bothered me after finishing it so uh i probably uh, won't um, go to you have se- sealed that show's death warrant I, I you've you've done it. I okay. will never watch. It. Yeah, and I don't feel bad about that. Like, because people are raving about it, and I just don't get it. Like, I, I, it because people I've heard people try to compare it to Hannibal. Don't 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 insult Hannibal like that. No, the show I is watched no first Hannibal. No, no, no. Do you never finish Hannibal? Yeah. No, I watched the first episode of of Mindhunter, and okay. I was like, no thanks, pass, hard pass. And I no, I know. No. Hannibal. This that was no Hannibal. Yeah, thanks. unless it, unless it became a different show in the second episode, <laughs> it got better. And I will say that first episode is easily the worst episode of Mindhunter, but it, it the the best episode is still not the worst episode of Hannibal. I think so. That's my thought on that. Interesting. Uh, I haven't finished Black Mirror yet, but I've been watching a lot more of it. I think I have like five episodes left. Uh, really enjoying it. Again, I, it's you know it is a modern day Twilight Zone with a with a bigger budget, and that's pretty cool. Um, I might when I by the time I finish all of it, I may like put together my thoughts and kind of rank episodes and stuff. But uh, in the meantime, it's a, I'm enjoying it. Good times, even though most of it's really depressing. Good times. <laughs> uh, let's see. Brandon and I watched uh, 
he got the DVD from Netflix, Top Hat from 1930-something, 35, I think. Ginger Rogers and Fred mm-hmm. Astaire. I, obviously, I love my musicals. Uh, but I, this is an era of musical that I am not very familiar with, and I have had never seen a Fred and Ginger musical. And I don't know that I need to see that many more. Uh, not my favorite. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's... I mean, the dance numbers are are great. Some are greater than others. They're still, again, not my necessarily. Like, it's still that very kind of like clean dancing, and it just doesn't have. I don't know. It's not like Gene Kelly's, you know. But I guess I was gonna say like it's not like Gene Kelly's athleticism. No, it's it's not Gene Kelly's ass. So you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know it's one of those stories that of course is woefully uh out of date and has gender issues but even that aside like i can put a lot of that aside when i'm watching a musical from the 1930s and some of it's funny and the you know the cast is it's funny in that very particular kind of farcical way but it went on very long and yeah just i don't know not not that great for me not not uh yeah not what i was hoping for i guess so yeah that was that um but now we'll get to the delightful watches i had on amazon prime i finally watched the oscar nominated the big sick oh i still haven't watched it did you like it it's wonderful yeah um i had heard so many good things about it and it was one of those like movies that i hadn't read anything bad about so I finally decided to watch it and it's just, and I get it. Like, it's just really funny, really genuine, really human, really sweet. Everybody is great in it. Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are so good. And really, they, yeah. Like, I mean, you kind of know Holly Hunter is, is going to be great. Cause she's Holly Hunter. Well, um, obviously, yes. but she's also like, I realized watching it cause I watched the Incredibles maybe a few months ago and it dawned on me. I'm like, man, nobody can play a um aggressively loving mother better than holly hunter like she's just so good at that uh but ray romano (laughs) is also really good and just just like funny and and not i mean he kind of played the same character for so long that you kind of have them married in your head but he's playing a different person in this movie and he's really good Mm -hmm. and i mean the movie's just funny and it's very sweet and i cried and i recommend you watch it you might cry. Warning. Oh, of course I will. Yeah, you will. Have you met you me? Will. I know, you will. <laughs> <laughs> totally but it's still worth watching. Uh, also on Amazon Prime, I didn't realize I had, like, quite the run on Amazon Prime this week. Look at you. Uh, Sometimes no. it's good. Sometimes there are good, like, there's good, we've talked about this. Amazon Prime has good stuff. Amazon Prime, I think there's two things that, for me, work about Amazon Prime. One is that they do... I guess I guess part of it is that they have like less um, quality constraints. Like I think on Netflix, if a movie doesn't look good, they won't show it on Instant Watch. Whereas on and they used to, but now mm-hmm. they don't so much. Like everything that I found on Netflix is like all very clean. On Amazon Prime is where you're going to find like stuff yeah. that's only on VHS and was ripped off VHS to be on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So it looks like shit. You have movies that are. You know, it looks like somebody dumped the entire movie in a pot of coffee and then projected it onto Amazon. Yep. But at the same time, there are movies that otherwise I never would be able to see. So it's surprisingly cool that way right now. 
and I don't know why. Like, I don't know what they did differently. Where suddenly they have all these titles, but I've been, I have have seen a lot lately that was oh I didn't know I could watch this anywhere. Um, and then the other thing is that they seem to be getting a. <laughs> A more Emily selection of new movies is the only way Ooh. I can put it. <laughs> Just because for a while, like, all the new stuff on Amazon, I'm like, nah, nah, no. Nah. But um, this week, there were three movies on there that I watched that are from the last, you know, three years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? Uh, the other one, which I watched today, was a movie that I know you were a fan of because you recommended it last time. Free Fire. <gasps> Don't, did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I had heard critics like some criticism of it going in, and I knew the fact that people weren't talking about it the way they had some of Ben Wheatley's other stuff. I figured mm-hmm. like, okay, my expectations are kind of tempered, um, but it's it's just fun and it moves and it never slows down. It's just a really good cast shooting each other in in a warehouse. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's got a, it's got like a. It's it's a nonstop pace on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, as much as I knew, like, okay, I, I kind of know where this is going, but then it's all the details of, like, okay, but, you know, what they're using to cover themselves and, you know, and how close they are to each other. Uh, and it was just a really entertaining 90 minutes. So, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then the last Hooray. thing. Yeah, no, good times all around. I would probably rank it for me, my Ben Wheatley Ranking would probably be Kill List, Sightseers, um, uh, what's, what are, uh, maybe this and then Downtown. Field in England? Yeah, I think I'd go this, Field, uh, Down Terrace, uh, Field, Field in England, High Rise, or High Rise Field in England. I'd have to decide which went where. But. Yeah. It's, I think that's almost exactly like mine, except I haven't seen Down Terrace. Right, which you should. I think you'd like. I know. Again, it's his, you know, his first film and it is smaller and it is, uh, you know, I mean, this also was such a like um, filmmaker challenge movie where you kind of like almost think like, I wonder if him and, you know, Amy Jump were like, let's just, how do you make a 90 minute shootout movie? Like, how, how could we do it? How do you mm-hmm. direct that? How do you stage that? Can you do that? And how do you do it and still make it interesting? And they do it. But it almost feels like it was just like an exercise for them, which I kind of dig. Down Terrace is just a much smaller scale movie, but it's really good mm-hmm. and really funny and dark and, you know, horrible, like all Ben Wheatley stuff. Um, and the last thing. So this was a movie that I had wanted to watch for a really long time. I had finally decided to watch because podcast started building up that talked about it and I knew this was something that I didn't want spoiled because it seemed dense and that everybody had really strong opinions on it and that mm-hmm. was The Black Coat's Daughter and you liked it I think I saw somewhere on the internet that you liked it I did I really liked it did you not not really okay um <laughs> I there were I, there were things about it that that I liked yeah I, I, it's, I would understand anybody <laughs> hating this movie. Um, and I didn't know how I felt about it while I was watching. This was one that the more I thought about it, the more I put things together, the more I even listened to other people talk about it, and even people that didn't like, the more I listened to what conversation it brought out was because uh, Married with Clickers did an episode on it and Night of Living Podcast mm-hmm. did an episode on it. And hearing like how much conversation you can have about it kind of started opening up different things of it for me. 
Um, so I don't have all the answers, and I like that. I like a movie that kind of leaves you with questions but gives you enough where you can make your own answers if you so desire. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my favorite kind of movie. Um the more I think about it, the more I think there's a lot under the surface. I think there's some disturbing things about it if you want to read them a certain way. Uh, and I like the style of it. I like the winteriness. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to revisit it, definitely. Uh, I don't know when I'll do that, but hopefully soon. But yeah, I it worked for me. And I, and I get it not working for anyone. Um, it was maybe not overhyped, but like... When I sat down to watch it, I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting this movie to, like, to end in the middle of something where I would have no answers, and just because I knew how divisive it was, and at first I was like, eh, okay, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get why maybe it's it's more complex than people thought, or they think it's not as complex as it tries to be, kind of thing, so it worked for me. I think that's where I fall. Okay. And that's fair. The the not as complex as it thought, but I didn't I didn't hate it by any stretch. I found a lot of redeeming things about it. I just maybe my expectations. You know, we talk about that a lot. My expectations sure. might have been in a weird place, and I thought it was going to be like the second coming of movies, and right. then it was just like a movie, and I was like, oh. But I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah. Did you see his other movie? I am the pretty thing that lives in the um something. I. I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. I have not seen yet, despite multiple recommendations. I know I really need to. Somebody that I don't even really talk to at work was like, have you seen this movie? I think you would like it. And I was like, hmm. But um, there's another one that I have seen. I'm trying to get to the IMDb real quick. Because that's um, Anthony Perkins' kid, right? Yep. yep. Oz, Oz um, good. Oswald. Oz yeah, yeah. Oz, good. I think you're right. Okay. The second you said it, I knew. Um, I accidentally picked actor and not... Anything else? Um, the girl on the photographs is, oh, is another movie. Yeah, that's I, I saw that one. That I wrote. He wrote that. He didn't direct it, right? Yeah, he didn't direct it. But I, I we have seen that. It, it that's um, one that I thought was but not haven't seen. Pretty thing that lives in the okay. Um, what did you think of girl with the photographs? Girl in the photographs. I vaguely remember like. I vaguely remember liking it, but I can't remember a lot about it. And I get it confused with a movie called, like, something about a girl in the a girl red with all the gifts or something. <laughs> the girl with all the, you know, you get it confused get, with the girl I with get... all the gifts, which might come up later in a different conversation. Okay. That I I get it confused with stuff. So I, I don't know, maybe <laughs> it didn't just, it didn't stick as well as it could have. That's the one with Cal Penn as the obnoxious fashion photographer. Okay. Kind of remember that, but okay. I don't remember anything that happens in it. He's great in it, and he makes it kind know. of worth watching. But it, the movie, the movie like has a, it's like one of those movies that the cast is really good, and there's good ideas in there. But it just, it's a little too yeah, mean yeah, for me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like how mean it got because I like people, and I didn't. I'm looking see at the IMDb right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Catherine Isabel's in it. Yep, a very small yep. part. She has like a cameo at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's what made me watch it. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't seen I Am the Pretty Thing because it seems like one of those movies you're supposed to watch uninterrupted. And that's even with Black yeah. Coat's Daughter. That's the other reason it took me forever was I was waiting for like, oh, it's a Saturday afternoon. I got nothing to do. I can turn the lights out and I can watch this movie. And I think that is a movie that benefits from that. So for those of you playing along, that's how I'd recommend watching it. But all right, that's uh, those are my movies. That's what I got. Now... Ooh. 
my co-hostess of 99 episodes. Uh, What movie do you want to talk about first? I think we should we should go chronologically. Okay. I think we should just do pin. Then let's do that. We'll take a quick break. Come back and talk about pin. I've got myself a crying, talking, sleeping, walking, living doll. I'm gonna do my best to please her just cause she's a living doll. I've got a roving eye and that is why she satisfies my soul. I've got the one and only walking, talking, living doll. Take a look at her hair. 1988, Christine. You probably were not in Canada to see Pin on the big screen, but eventually you did. Did you not? This was Little your... did you know. Oh, <laughs> as a six-year-old, you flew, you got a ticket, yep. flew to Toronto for a one-night-only screen. Yes. Yep. Uh, was this your first time watching Pin? It was, but I had heard about it, um, probably through doing the magazine and stuff, like, it came up, like, in kind of exploitation for lack of a better term like people like to talk about it a lot and reference it so i knew it had like an infamous reputation but i honestly had no idea what it was about yeah uh i i had i knew nothing about it until a couple of years ago when it was on netflix instant and i man i'm trying to remember how i heard about it because it wasn't one that I remember in the video store. It wasn't something I rem- I ever heard of growing up. And just enough people said something, the description of the movie being, oh, um, two, a pair of siblings who have a uh, medical uh, anatomy doll at home that tells them things. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got to see that. Oh, uh, yeah. And it is such a hard movie to categorize and to really figure out what its place is in genre because it's not a horror film Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of lumped there i think but it's a lot of things going on and i watched it i guess probably about five six years ago really enjoyed it and and, you know took from it that this is a movie unlike anything else uh Mm -hmm. and when i said let's watch the boy you said how about we pair it with pin and i said yeah and that's how yeah you were very enthusiastic i was because i had only seen it once i wanted to rewatch it uh this movie is very hard to find i don't think it's ever had for whatever reason ever had a dvd release in the states however um at again at one point it was on netflix instant that's how i watched it a couple years ago uh at this point i would like to tell the world that you can watch it not in perfect quality but that it is uh streaming in full on youtube I rented it from Scarecrow Video in <gasps> oh, Seattle. That is adorable. That Isn't that adorable? That is just damn adorable. That's all it comes down to. Isn't that the perfect movie to go to a store oh, and rent? Yes. That's the only reason stores, <laughs> video stores should still be in business, is to rent movies like Pin. To people yep. like you. So yeah. when, when I was checking out, a woman said to me, oh, this is a weird movie. <laughs> and, I, and I said... I said, um, yeah, I've actually heard that before, so I look forward to it. <laughs> and, it nice. and it was a weird movie. It's a weird, weird movie. Uh, directed by Sandor Stern, 
who worked a lot primarily in TV. I think this is his only like film, like non-TV film. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, his. It felt like a TV movie. Yeah. Do you think that is because of the? What about it feels like a TV movie? Is it like the the visual quality, or you think the the pacing and story and whatnot? I felt like the pacing, and I felt like the way things. This is going to sound very layman-y of me, but like um, the way things were framed. Okay. Like the way shots were framed, and the way specifically it opens like on a house, and the way they kind of oh, show yeah. that house feels like you're going to roll into a sitcom. Right, like establishing shot of this house yeah. and the lawn and, yeah. That's, that, that's fair. But, but, like, I'm not... It's, that's not a criticism. It was just an observation. Yeah. And Zach even turned to me and asked at one point, like, is this a TV movie? And I'm like, I'm almost positive it wasn't. But who knows? I could be yeah. wrong. Uh, it's, it, was, it looks like it's his only film in his filmography that's not listed as a TV movie. My God, this man directed the best title mm-hmm. TV movies. So you've got... Um, I guess he did an Amityville, Amityville, The Evil Escapes, 1989. So it's probably like part five or something. Um, some of the titles of his movies. Shattered Innocence, Without Her Ooh. Consent, Web oh, Deceit, boy. Deception, A Mother's Secret, Woman on Trial, Heart of a Child, A Child's Cry for Help, Badge of Betrayal. Like, those are good. The, every one of these movies I want to watch from the title alone. All on Lifetime with commercials. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's also because I, I read it in my sexy Lifetime voice. I apologize. That that must be what it is. I just it didn't feel right doing it any other way. Now, the other exciting name attached to this movie uh, is this is based on a novel by a man named Andrew Niederman. Do you know who Andrew Niederman is? Mm-hmm. Who's Andrew Niederman? The name is really familiar, but I didn't look it up. Oh, well, okay. The way they sell it on the pin box is that it's from the writer of The Devil's Advocate, because I guess he wrote the book that that's based on. Um, uh-huh. More important, when you're watching this movie, and we'll get into synopsis in a moment, but was there any property that this movie reminded you of? Two blonde siblings with a kind of weird sexual thing going on. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had a que- I had a question. At one point, I said to Zach, "This feels like it would be a VC Andrews story." Yeah, it did. You want to know and why? Why? Do you want to know who Andrew Niederman is? What his like? What he did for a very long time and might still be doing for all I know. So V.C. Andrews died, and for in case, V.C. Andrews wrote Flowers in the Attic, for those who don't know. V.C. Andrews died in 1989, 87, somewhere around there. Um, and Flowers in the Attic series had just gotten popular, and there were, like, oh, are you she kidding had me? started other books but didn't finish them. So the publishing company was like, hey, okay, she's she's created a really simple, like, formula for her book series. Have a beautiful, talented young heroine born into a poor family, but it turns out she's really from rich descent, and then at some point she's going to get raped by a relative, but then she's going to have a child, and the child's going to tell its own story, and so on. Andrew Niederman is the ghostwriter for V.C. Andrews. Andrew Niederman, after she died, he wrote series after series. I mean, he wrote, like, I think at this point, like a dozen different series of books, all under V.C. Andrews' name. I'm I'm not kidding you. I said... This feels like a VC. I've yeah. never read a VC Andrews yeah. <laughs> book, but I I know I know what what goes on. I've yeah. heard it talked about. Oh, I know all about that sweet Audrina book. Yep. Like I know all that shit. So like 
halfway through it, I went like, this really feels like that. And Zach's like, I wouldn't know. I don't know that reference. And I was going to ask you because of all people you would oh, know. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, did this remind you of V.C. Andrews? And like, Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when I watched it the first time – because I remember, like, I must have maybe not paid attention during the credits, the opening credits. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching it and, like, halfway through being like, this feels so V.C. Andrews. And then, like, looked it up. I'm like, Andrew Niederman. Oh, I know who Andrew Niederman is. But, for like, I didn't recognize it at the beginning of the movie, I guess. But it was such a, like, oh, of course it does. Yep. Like, and that, I think, is fascinating to me. It really does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's just little things that just happen to, like, just random, aside from, again, like, the sexuality, the, you know, the, like, incestuousness that isn't acted on but is there and so on. Like, there's little things, like the fact that, you know, she has a jewelry box with a ballerina on it and it's a music box. And, like, oh, you mean, like, Kathy had in Flowers in the Attic? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Interesting. Um, for, For that alone, this movie rates very high for me. Uh, but why don't we get into the plot of Pin? Tell the people at home, Christine, what this movie's about. I think I think you did. It's about <laughs> these siblings and this, like, anatomy dummy that is only in a seated position, but they try to play off, can actually move. Look, I, I see you, anatomy dummy. You're in a seated <laughs> position. Um, and I guess we're supposed to wonder if, like, the anatomy dummy is real. But it's quite clear that uh, Mr. Terry O'Quinn, who plays the father in this, mm-hmm. is just, like, throwing his voice or whatever and, like, doing ventriloquist shit to make it seem like the dummy's talking to his stupid kids. And then, but, like, the the boy kid has, like, a psychotic break, I guess. I don't know what, like, this, this, this toys with um, quackery as far as, like, psychosis and, and mental ailments go like it's not rooted in any type of reality like i guess he like has a dissociative type of thing where he he projects a personality onto the dummy and or the anatomy doll and he he starts making it talk but he doesn't realize that pin which is the name of the dummy um short for pinocchio which is hysterical (laughs) um that pin he thinks that Pin's real, I guess. And that would wait for, so for a while the movie toys with like, is Pin real? Is Pin not real? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and it does that effectively. I think for a little bit, I, I know that I, I kind of figured that it wasn't going to turn out that the doll was actually like possessed or like, right. Right. Come to life. But like, it kind of, it does that thing where, I mean, in movies and TV now will feel like they're just making up, psychological diagnoses but like that's that's how a lot of things from like the 60s 70s 80s feel very much yeah i mean i guess because it, I, this felt like that yeah by by the end and again like we'll we'll probably be talking in detail about this movie where i think we're gonna kind of not limit ourselves and if we spoil like details will come out uh this is also but, like, a movie that, I don't think that hurts. No. That doesn't hurt the enjoyment of this movie. No, because there aren't really twists and turns and reveals and so on. Like, it's it's more about, I think, the overall, like, it's not about the story and the twists as, as much as it is about, like, the overall feeling and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I guess what it's going for is that Leon is a schizophrenic, right? And not schizophrenic and like, well, I, that's, I guess, where the, where the maybe 80s-ness of it comes up. Where back in the 80s, 
schizophrenic meant multiple personality on TV. Yes. And like, no, yes. that's not it. Schizophrenic. But is he like, doesn't, he doesn't even have a multiple personality. It's like, right. He, he's projecting that this is a real life thing with its own like autonomy right. and like yeah, ideas he hears and pin stuff. talking and to him pin is yeah. like a you know like a second father and a and eventually a father and it mm-hmm. is you're right it's it's not it, it's not him being pin until i guess the murder is kind of started is. and then yeah. is, is it him being pin or is it him using pin it's it's tricky, and I think any psychologist would probably have a lot of issues with this film. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely of that time where. So if you if you take issue with the way, quote unquote, multiple personalities are handled in movies, then maybe yeah. avoid this one. Yeah, I suppose. But like, you just have to embrace the fact that it is the '80s, and it is right. Def- it's dealing in something that I guess we didn't have a, a full understanding of, and at it the time. also does that um it takes a lot of liberty yes it does that very 80s slasher thing of when a character experience or witnesses something confusing and maybe um violent or crossing a line in terms of sexuality at a young age he will always (sighs) associate sex with something really messed up and it will lead to violence Mm -hmm. so leon as a little boy and it's one of those, like... This is my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you, you have essentially kind of, like, I guess, like, like, an analogy would be parents who... Or kids who are, like, so into Santa Claus, and the parent doesn't know when to kind of cut... Like, the kid's not backing down from Santa Claus, and maybe the kid's, like, 10 years old, 11 years old. And it's getting to the point where it's, like, too late for this, and the parent isn't willing to step in and say, hey, there's no Santa Claus. I've been lying to you. So that's kind of the case here at this point with Leon, where Leon believes in Pin. Leon believes Pin is absolutely mm-hmm. this talking, advice-giving uh, partner of his father's. <laughs> like this very wise very anatomy wise. dummy. Yes. Can we, can we step it back just a second to when we are first introduced to the anatomy dummy and I say... What's up with that anatomy dummy? Did they put a, a towel over his lap? And they did. That anatomy du- dummy doesn't have a dick. Why would that anatomy dummy have a penis? <laughs> well, because it's an anatomy that's dummy, Christine. That's not what that dummy would be. He's all, like, muscles and oh, that's stuff. That's a good point, yeah. A penis but he has, he, he's, like, showing muscles. He's not showing, like, fleshy stuff. But I guess the idea is... But anywho, oh, rape, like, a moth towel over this... Because <laughs> I guess it's, like... You're, you know, he, I mean, Terry O'Quinn is supposed to be a pediatrician, right? Like, you, you know, you bring your 10-year-old to the but doctor. Is, to... It, is he a pediatrician? Because he then performs later on in the movie a, a, a very adult procedure. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's a small town, right? We find that out. It's a small town. There's only like three doctors in town. It is a small He's town. probably yep. also yep. like the town vet for all we know. And maybe the notary republic That's as true. well. That's true. He could he could have been like selling houses on the side. <laughs> right. He is also an Avon lady, but only on the weekends. No. <laughs> it's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> so yeah, I have no problem with a, a pediatrician saying like putting a, you know, modesty cloth over the doll. Because as we I find guess. out, he now we never see it, but we find out based on uh, you know, a nurse who, um, <laughs> this part. I want you to talk about this part. So, um, 
Leon, who's the little boy, and his sister's name is Ursula, because I love her name and I'll keep calling her Ursula, just so everybody knows who she is. <laughs> so Leon is like, I, I need to go talk. I had a, a bad experience. I need to go talk to this anatomy dummy. I'm going to go into my dad's office when I shouldn't be there and, like, go and have a conversation. Right. Little does he know that the nur- there's, like, two nurses there, I guess, and they're, like, cleaning up, closing mm-hmm. out, all that stuff. And... um he's in the room talking to pin and like this nurse comes in to like clean up the room and he's like, Oh, I'm going to hide. And then the nurse like looks at pin and I'm thinking like, is she, does she, she's weirded out by this fucking thing with the modesty cloth mm-hmm. too. Aren't we all nurse? <laughs> she shuts the door and I'm like, what is this? What is this broad doing? She starts, she lays on the table. Keep in mind that this anatomy dummy is stuck in a seated position. <laughs> She proceeds to hump the anatomy dummy. Well, she has it hump make her, it hump her, actually, I guess, which is what seems the most difficult. And I guess... Go ahead, please. Please you know, give she... me your input on this. Well, no, what I, what I find interesting in her choice is that she doesn't hump the dummy. She has the dummy hump her. And that just seems, A, like a lot of work. Like, and... Yes. I, I mean, that's what surprises me in all of this. More than anything, the more I think about her choice... Uh, and also, I guess the fact that this also makes me think that this anatomy dummy is doesn't just have a penis, but that it has an erect penis, which is an odd choice. But this is the thing that, first of all, he, he's in a seated position, though. How would he, there there would not be any does type he, of insertion? Does so he what bend? I'm thinking is, like, is she just s- rubbing it? But can he stand up? Like maybe he's like um, got joints, kind of like a. a Barbie doll, but like one of he the doesn't. newer Barbie dolls with knees. Look, I don't know a lot, and, <laughs> and I'm not confident about a lot of things in my life. But I will tell you that this anatomy dummy did not have joints. His head moved. I will tell you, his head moved. I'd be obsessed with the way that this doll was sitting. He, I saw when Terry O'Quinn picks him up and puts him in the car. He doesn't bend. When um, Leon is taking him down the stairs from the attic, doesn't bend. His, he's stuck like that. There is no way. I, th- I think they just wanted you to think that he could unbend. And instead, it made us try to understand this woman's... Not that she was having sex with the dummy. Like, that, okay. Yeah, I mean, not recommended, I but I kind of get it. <laughs> but that she was doing it in such a very inconvenient, unergonomical way, I suppose. Her choices were strange. Yes, yes. And so, again, this being in the 80s and being written by (laughs) V.C. Andrews uh, Part 2, what that means is when a young boy of an impressionable age witnesses something sexually that he does not understand, and in this case it involves pin, um, he has no idea what to do with that, and that in part because as we see as they grow up so you have leon who's kind of from that probably from that point on like sexless he's terrified of sex not in a asexual way but just where it's clearly something Mm -hmm. he is not comfortable uh opening that door Mm -hmm. and ursula on the flip side and i don't know that I i find like that really interesting that ursula from the beginning as a kid like she's just kind of like, and there, are, I think there are, like, we all knew kids like this. Like, she's really, like, sexually interested at, from a very young age on. 
Like, mm-hmm. she's the one looking at, you know, nudie magazines. And it, it's, and so, but she's being told, like, no, 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 it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. So then she ends up, you know, as a teenager, becoming really sexually promiscuous. And it kind of goes the opposite way of Leon, where she's having sex with everybody. Uh, and and then has her own little issue from that. Yes. I... Yes, I liked Ursula's style. Not just that. Not, not just that part of it. I really liked that character. Me too. She was like... Maybe it was because she was a port in a storm. Because there was just so oh, much yeah. shit that didn't make any sense happening. But she would always be like really grounded. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> that's a really good point she, she's saying normal things so there's some nor- well and there's some normalcy happening in this movie there's a great um, moment when God. she goes on a date with you know with her boyfriend and he kind of is saying like this is crazy your brother is crazy your brother is this is that and she says don't you and very very simply i know this don't you think i know this i've grown up with this i've read about it i understand exactly what he is and it's a it's a very clear moment of right she's no like this is her life but she is very aware and i think that decision really does help the film because it does you're right it gives you a port in the storm as you said yeah so she was awesome so basically she was like fooling around i think 15 is a little young to be as promiscuous as this movie portrayed her to be um but like whatever, she was she was she was getting it she's getting it done, making it happen. She <laughs> so Leon flips. One. I know Leon flips out on her, and is like, "I I want you to promise me you'll stop having sex," which is fucking weird. It's so a weird if you thing weren't to like, "Oh, their relationship's a little bit weird," right? It's like if you weren't like, "Oh, they're a little bit weird" to begin with, right? That is really a big cue. So she's like, "Yeah, I guess so. Whatever." then like i think it's like two months later or something she finds out that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and like leon's kind of a a dick about it and by kind of i mean he's like a like a really huge dick about it and he this is when we see like oh like things are not okay he takes her to see pin yep and now they're like he's like 18 or 17 and she's 15 so they're like like late teens and he still thinks pin is like yes. autonomous and real so they go to talk to pin and like that's i think that's the first time he he makes pin talk and like she's all weirded out as yeah. well she should be and yeah. um terry o'quinn i think walks in and flips out too and is like i'm getting rid of this or maybe that's later but like everybody's reaction to leon and this this doll are is very appropriate <laughs> Very true. Well, yes and no. Yes, it is. But the bigger problem is that Terry O'Quinn never, um, like, that it took this for him to realize, I fucked up my son. Because you also have the mother character, who we don't see much of, but we see enough of to know that the mother is this, the first shot of this movie I love, the first shot, or not the, it might not be the first shot, but like the introduction to this house is that you see a living room with furniture covered in plastic. And to me, that's covered like in plastic, yeah. everything you need to know of, oh, this is one of those families. This is a family where, you yep. know, the patriarch, the, you know, the patriarch and matriarch do not want dirt on the couch and they have two young children. Oh, okay. I see what I'm getting. And the mother is very, uh, she's not warm, she's very strict, she's very 
obsessed with dirt and dirty things. And you mm-hmm. understand kind of, well, that Ursula probably never had a conversation with her mother about sex. And Leon certainly didn't. And so you get this off family dynamic of kind of a cold, distant mother, uh, a father who is very, um, how would you say it? Um, not, not a, a warm man who is very clinical, who, uh, and I mean, who ultimately fucks up his kids in many ways. God, imagine, imagine your dad giving you an abortion. Can we just talk about how horrible that is? No, it's terrible. But I think you make a really good point in that I think the easy thing is to say the the dad screwed up the kids. But when when um, Leon goes back to the doctor's office when he's still a little kid, because this this shows them from little kids growing mm-hmm. up. So you actually get like three sets of yep. a- actors. So like I think it's like the middle set. When the reason he goes to his office and t- to talk to Pin is because he can't play sports with the other kids because he'll get dirty. That's his mom's problem. Yeah. That's what his mom did to him. So I think yeah, it's definitely like a like a twofer. He he didn't have a chance. Also, I just googled anatomy dummy muscles, which is what <laughs> Pin was. There's no penis. He wouldn't have had a penis. Well, but I guess because maybe Terry O'Quinn uses him to teach birds and bees to like neighborhood children i'm just i'm adding this but I, it seems to make sense maybe he maybe there's <laughs> i like i like the stuff you're at. maybe there's an accessory kit that you can get right maybe and maybe it even comes with an erect and maybe. non-erect penis i'm just saying it makes sense i think <laughs> i can only hope so <laughs> And also, the more that I think about oh, it, boy. as much as I said, like, it'd be awkward to be in, like, your doctor's office with a giant anatomy penis staring at you, it's, it, the more I think about it, it is the modesty cloth that somehow makes it dirty. Because if it was just an anatomy doll, it would be just an anatomy doll. But now you've gone mm-hmm. and covered it in a way that makes me think I shouldn't look. And now all I want to do is look. Exactly. You have sexualized it by I putting have. the modesty cloth on. They have made me sexualize it. Oof, not, not you personally not you personally but the person oh, who popped the well Quinn. I mean personally I did but hey <sighs> yeah <laughs> look at and for all in all fairness I have found ones now that look like they have half a penis oh like half meaning flaccid so... or half meaning like just <laughs> cut off <laughs> oh, if only I talked like that but like you know how some anatomy dummies will like one side will show you like musculature oh. and the other side will show you like, oh that like, kind of half okay. or something yeah that's like a very it, like literally half. cut right 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 ow <laughs> ow I don't even have one and I'm saying ow uh <laughs> yeah like it's just like one testicle and half a penis <laughs> I wonder if he could still oh, reproduce fuck. with that uh, I don't know man ask that nurse <laughs> that's a very good point. So uh, now as adults, so first we get um, there, I'm trying to remember now, did, oh, okay, Here, here's where it feels almost like is pin real, is the car crash. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, the car crash really freaked me out. Yeah, it's, um, so Terry O'Quinn and his wife are, drive. at this point he realizes, 
my son has a problem and I've let it go on too long and I am going to take Pin away from him. So he takes Pin and he's going to, you know, drive it and leave it somewhere. And they get into a car accident and it's not really caused by Pin. It's caused by just Terry O'Quinn driving too fast and not paying attention. But because it's like Pin is in the back seat and the um, he's sort of like there's a a bigger modesty cloth over all of Pin, and it starts coming off, and it freaks out Terry O'Quinn, and then they crash and die horribly, but Pin is okay, right? Which I don't get, because two adult humans died in that car crash, and that anatomy dummy was fine? Like, really? Christine, he's not real. But, but like, he was, he, he was existed in some sense, right? Well, I suppose, but I mean... Like, I, but he I think, didn't get, he didn't like crack or his head oh. didn't fall off. I suppose, you know, in fairness, that's actually a really good point because I think as, as much as human beings are mortal, I think the human body is actually really strong and probably stronger than an anatomy dummy. So good point. Look, I, I thought about this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um, so then afterwards yes. you get, so you're right, that was kind of Pin's first kill, and only kill, really. And then we move on to Leon's kills, which is, mm-hmm. uh, the aunt who comes and kind of, like, because Leon gets this moment of like, oh, now, now we can live however we want, and that involves bringing Pin home and ordering fried chicken every night, which in fairness is a kind of, was probably so how weird. I feel at the age of 18, uh, and 36. But so then you get an anatomy dummy, an anatomy dummy, and having pizza. fried chicken. That's all I got. Um, but so yeah, so then you then Leon. Now, but so the the aunt comes and says, "Oh, I'm going to watch over everybody, and I'm going to put the plastic back on the furniture." So Leon uh, kills her as pin. Does Ursula know at this point? Do you think? Um, I bet she probably has her suspicions because he was so bummed when the aunt shows up and then he was so jazzed when right. she died. <laughs> like, like he, like she was like barely in the ambulance and he was pulling pinned down from the attic. Like she yeah. had to kind of suspect something. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, and then... They they live happily until Ursula meets a nice man. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you love their first date? VN? <laughs> yes, and that that is that. Uh, so the scene where she brings the boyfriend to meet Leon Are you... and Pin. Stop it! I can't believe you're skipping the best part. Which what am I skipping? They go out to they go to like a Chinese restaurant. Yes. <laughs> they go to a Chinese restaurant and they're eating dinner. And then he's like, oh, no, we only have five minutes to get to the movie. <laughs> they, they cuts to them getting to the theater. And, like, he reaches into his coat and pulls out the Chinese food. <laughs> and she has a metal fork. <laughs> I forgot she about stole, that. She, she stole a fork from the restaurant. Well, I mean, oh, you can't eat it with your Ursula. hands. That would be a very messy theater experience. It was so funny. So they have, like, big things of Chinese food, like, <laughs> or whatever they were eating. He had chopsticks, so I just assumed. And in the movie theater. It was hysterical. But yes, then they go to meet um, to meet Leon and yes. Pin. Yes. 
Um, and the movie they're watching, do, do you realize what movie it was? No, I tried to figure it out, but I couldn't. Um, I had to look. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't realize it watching it, but in the IMDb trivia, they explain it. It was Scanners. Oh, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Canada. I felt like I should know. Yeah, I yeah. felt like I should know. And I, I was kind of like frustrated that I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Um, and the, I just find it adorable because it just seems like, oh, of course it's got to be a David Cronenberg film. It's Canada. Um, but the other fun fact is that David Hewlett, who plays Leon, is in Scanners 2. I've never oh, seen any of the Scanners sequels. So, uh, how many were there? I'm not sure. I only saw, I've only seen like Scanners. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, this movie is also very Canadian. Everybody says sorry. It's adorable. It's, it's very cute. Yes. 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 Is Terry O'Quinn Canadian? Or was he just doing movies, like, movies that involved creepy suburbia? No, he's not Canadian. Okay. Where, wherever they'll have him. Exactly. No, I didn't think he was Canadian. Uh, he, was the, he was the imported superstar that they brought in for it. Um, the, but so when, yeah. when the boyfriend meets, like, Leon and Pin, it's just one of those beautifully awkward... I, I, it, I just like how he... The boyfriend's really trying. <laughs> and Leon is just such yes. a dick. <laughs> and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find that all amusing. And, and it makes me happy. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. And I, I really appreciated how he was willing to um, to try. Yes. Like, and I like that, like, Ursula prepared him, and he didn't just walk into it. Right, oh, like, yeah, no, what the by fuck no is means. happening? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's it's why, I th- like, one of the reasons this movie works is that it, everybody is kind of a human, even though, I mean, I guess, like, the aunt and the even the parents are a little bit one note and kind of, um, like, like, ser- like, clear flaws, and, you know, that one flaw is kind of defining them. I really like that, like mm-hmm. you were saying, how Ursula is really well-rounded, and the boyfriend character then isn't a throwaway character. He has, like, you find out, like, what he's doing, what he's interested in. He's just, he's a nice guy, and he seems to really care about her, and so you're really rooting for them, and when stuff goes wrong, like, it's really sad when he's alone with Leon mm-hmm. and you realize where it's going. To me, that's a, that's... It's a really, really sad scene because I don't want to see him get hurt because I like, I think he's good for Ursula. Yeah, I do. I think I I really did like him. Yeah. And you know it's not going to end well. No, 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 no. And main spoiler alert for the film, I think one of the things I forget is that it actually, like, they end up okay. And I forget that because he gets beaten near death and you think he's dead and when i rewatched it i thought he was dead at that moment i'd completely forgotten that you you find out at the end that he survived mm-hmm. um so when it it does a little bit of i guess you know i think you described it as psycho with a anatomy doll it does do that to, a, to mm-hmm. an extent but i wasn't rooting for leon i was rooting for ursula so when Leon is trying to hide the oh, body, 100%. yeah, I was not, I was, I wanted him to get caught because I, I knew this was not good. Mm-hmm. He's very dislikable. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you feel for him because you know, you, you understand like he has a mental illness. He, he, this is a damaged boy who 
maybe I, I mean in the world of this movie it's nature and nurture i think in real life it probably mm-hmm. is but has a little more of nature involved in it uh by the definition mm-hmm. of you know how they turn this out but at the same time if ursula wasn't so compelling i think it would be different but because i'm really rooting for her it makes it very hard to be on his side Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's 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 a surprisingly good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and it it's a really strange movie in the best of ways. Yes, it is. I mean, like we said, it's we're comparing it to V.C. Andrews. It's certainly I've seen films where I've said like, oh, that kind of reminds me of Penn, but this has a very particular stamp. Um, it's, it's very of its time. And I think one of the things I don't like about it is the music is very of its time. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind like a big score, but I think at times for me, it's very distracting and that it feels just forced, I guess, here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with some of the slow motion, like the car accident, which... Uh, it's kind of intense, and then when it actually goes off the cliff or whatever it does, it does it in this very TV-style slow motion that, again, kind of, I think, brings the film down as far as it, like, overall quality. But it doesn't yeah. doesn't take away from, I think, the, like, I don't know, the experience of the film. It just means I can objectively say, like, yeah, this movie isn't, you know, perfect. No, it's definitely, I don't know, I... I obviously somebody somebody would watch this and be like this sucked or this was stupid <laughs> or this was weird but like i'm not going to say that because i'm i'm a good audience for this right, movie so i i guess i'm biased i mean if you're if you're listened this much to us you're probably biased <laughs> too so like you should watch this movie yeah i feel like this is a movie that is so primed for us and our people that even mm-hmm. if somebody was to come back and say, like, well, you know, it had problems, I'd be shocked if anybody watched this movie and, and wasn't engaged with it and didn't walk away saying, I'll never forget that movie. Yeah. No. 100%. Um, I'd recommend uh, there is a Projection Booth episode that covers Pin, and I believe Mike got interviews with Andrew Niederman and a few other people, and it's a really good listen, so... I'd go track that. Oh, I'm going to have to go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I make it a point to only listen to the ones that cover things that I've seen, which unfortunately cuts me out of a lot of them. Yep. But um, yeah, I'll have to go back. Yeah. 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 So that's a recommend. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's, it's something, isn't it? It's, I thought it was going to be strange. I am surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Good. Did it? I know you were concerned that it was going to be sad or that it was going to leave you sad. Did it leave you sad? No, it didn't leave me sad. Oh, it left me good. very happy. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, I feel like Leon kind of ends as well as he can. Like, he gets to be with Pin forever, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I, I know we, we lose some parents and some aunts and some people. Like, it's not, like, not everybody makes it. But, like, it's nice that 
it wasn't completely miserable and upsetting. Ursula gets a happy ending, and and that's what I was really rooting for in the movie, so it works out for me. All right, are you ready to rate this one? Oh, boy, I don't know if I'll ever be ready to rate it, but yes. (laughs) All right, quality of film. I'll go, because I think it is, it does some things really well, um, but I think it is, you know, there's some budgetary limitations, and I think just some overall uh, filmic things that don't quite reach the cinematic heights they should, so I am going to go with a 7.5. Okay, I was going to go with a 6.75. That seems reasonable, yeah. Quality of life. Which is, which is, I mean, they're. They're close, so I have to yeah. think that my rating is okay. Since you, it was close to if yours. they were far away, it would still be okay. Do not doubt yourself, know, Christine. Still. Pin would not want you to I doubt yourself. Pin would say something like, <laughs> Well, Christine, if you believe in yourself, you can achieve anything. I'm pretty sure he would say that. That I mean, Pin, he really knows what's he, up. He, that... <laughs> My favorite, my other favorite moment is when um, Pin, so the way they they do, like, present, the parents give, you know, the kids their birthday presents, and then they always give them, like, one present from Pin. Again, kind of like how some parents Mm -hmm. are like, this is the present from Santa Claus. And so when Ursula gets, uh, you know, a music box, and Leon is just so impressed with it, and is just marveling at it, and the way he says, like, you know, this is exactly the kind of present Pin would give. (laughs) Like, just... Yep. Just clearly again, like he has invested so much into establishing who Pin is, and Pin is just the greatest. And damn you, Terry O'Quinn, for never pointing out that Pin is not real. Because you could have saved your son's sanity, perhaps, according to the logic of this movie. You could have avoided all of this. Yes. Uh, So, on that note, quality of life. Uh, I'll go. I really like this movie, and there's a lot that, like, I can reference in it, so I'm going to give it a good whopping eight. I was going to say seven, seven, seven point five. I can't talk. Seven point five. <laughs> it's it's Friday, and brain cells have been murdered all week, so you're okay. Ne- never feel bad so about true. inarticulateness on a Friday. All right, so that was pin. We are going to put a pin in that. <laughs> I don't know. And take a break <laughs> and come back and talk about the boy. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, I'll teach him everything that I know. My buddy and me, like to climb up a tree. My buddy and me, when the best friends could be. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Okay, we are packing our bags and boarding a flight to England to talk about the boy. Uh, We are going to spoil this because we kind of have to. And again, both of us really recommend it. Christine recommends it twofold because she saw it twice. I recommend it twofold because my husband liked it as well. So I feel like that's two votes from one house. So yeah, go get the boy and then come back and listen to us talk about the boy. Now, mm-hmm. I picked it because I got the disc from Netflix, and I remembered you said you wanted to talk about it, like, two years ago when it came yes. out. Did you see it in the theater? No. I saw it as soon as it hit, um, like, video, though, because um, 
I was mad I didn't see it in the theater. This would have been a good one to see in the theater. I, w- I wish I had to. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a perfect January um, horror movie release. Yep. And I, I'm trying to remember, this. did this come out like the same year that I think a couple of PG-13 horror films came out? And I think this is one of those cases, and like... F you if you're complaining that, like, what, 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 what's your complaint with horror films? Oh, I hate PG-13 horror films. No, dude. No. It is not about the rating. It is about what you make of your film. And this movie is, oh, it's, oh, yeah, this movie is PG-13. And it does everything it needs to do in that PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. It's, so I think we didn't see it in the theater because, um, I had very low expectations, yeah, I mean, this um, was one that had kind of a laughable premise. Nobody really, yeah. no names attached to it. The director, so William Bent Brill, you said you saw The Devil Inside and didn't like it, right? I didn't. I was, I. it's tough, though, with possession movies. Like, it's it's real easy to not go the right way. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> I have, yeah, I did not see this. But why do I feel like I did? Is it just because there were a bunch of movies with the word devil and or inside in the title that came out around the same time? I think so. Yeah, okay. Um, and it is... Okay, I don't... The Plus, when you name something, when you name something that, it's... It, there's, like... There's so many movies with either the word devil or, like, being in. Like, there's just so many... Yeah. variations of it well it's it's very hard to remember yeah, and like because when i saw devil inside i'm like oh right that was the movie with the guy from friday night lights and it was the exorcism movie or the pregnant baby movie yeah that was it it was the demon baby i saw movie. the pregnant baby movie yeah and that's terrible um and what is that movie mm-hmm. called the devil i have no idea inside of her what what is that damn it <sighs> and then there's there's me. one with like eric banna which is like Deliver us from evil. That's which is, us from I get evil. not the same. No, they're not the but same. But it still kind of sounds like this. What is the other one? So deliver us from evil. The devil inside. Devil's do. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, don't don't just be more because... creative with your titles. Yep. I've been thinking about that about like Black Mirror titles, episode yep, titles. Because... Yeah, it's like paintings. Like I like. Artists are, you know, you can be an amazing artist, you can paint something that's great, and then you call it Untitled Number 3. What the fuck, man? You really just couldn't finish that? You couldn't have somebody else just come and give you advice on what to title your painting? Same thing with titling horror films. My my mom made me see um, Devil's Do, or whatever it's called, and I didn't want to, and I had asked Zach if he wanted to come along, like, do you want to come see this? And he wouldn't stop calling it Devil Dude. <laughs> Well, it would have been now such a I better movie if it was about a devil dude. Devil dude. Devil dude. Like, like a, he's always hanging ten and like <laughs> in trouble, wearing high tops. Oh, nice, nice. All right, so the boy, the devil dude. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Christine, boy, tell me a different about movie. this movie. What's this movie about? Okay, so Maggie from The Walking Dead. Decides she's going to go be a nanny um, in the UK, and she's American. And well, the, she's American, but American. the actress is British. Saying but everybody in the movie oh. is British, even the one other American who is clearly not American. Shut up! She's British? She is, yeah. You've never heard her speak not as Maggie? Or as Greta? 
No, I just she has a British accent. No, I just no. This is I know her from The Walking. She she was she was on The Walking Dead when I still watched she it. She is still on so The Walking I didn't, Dead. I hadn't followed it very far in. But she she showed up, and I knew who she was. And then one time, a very misguided, nice person. So I had to go and look up who she was again, because I, I had, didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, her. And so when the boy came out, I was like, oh, I know her. She's from The Walking Dead. So that's the only reason why. I had no idea she was British. Her American accent is solid. Yeah, I guess she was apparently born in the U.S., but lived in England for, I think, most of like from a child into college. So when I've heard her speak in as as Lauren Cohen and not as Maggie, she is, has a British accent. Hmm. Her so. American accent is real good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she decides to go be a nanny um, in the UK, and she is like trying to escape a mysterious past, which mm-hmm. we do learn more about, but like it's like real mysterious at the beginning. Yes. And she shows up there. And, um, like, the big shocking reveal is that the person, the, the boy that she's going to be, uh, the titular boy, mm-hmm. if you will, that she's going to be nannying for is actually a doll. Mm-hmm. Named Brahms. And, like, I get it. This premise names Bra- named Brahms, which is the best name. Oh, so good. I get, I get it, everyone. This is, a, this is a premise. Like, I think that you can make even the stupidest premise into a really good story if you have have talent behind it. I am going to say that this, even on on the second viewing even more so, is such a fucking good script. It's such a tight, good, deliberate story. It's so good. And if you if you won't give it a try because it looks stupid, you're only hurting yourself. Well, to anybody that says that, I always do two things. Um... I remind them of a little movie called The Lego Movie. Hey, do you remember, like, eight years ago yep. when you read that they were going to make a Lego movie and they were going to call it The Lego Movie and it was going to be about Legos? God, remember how you said mm-hmm. that was so stupid and that had, that was going to be the dumbest movie ever? Oh, you know what? No, it's actually a delight and it's creative and all that stuff. And I say this to everybody that, you know, that as soon as they hear a premise, they get annoyed. I'm like, Clue. Guys, Clue mm-hmm. was based on a board game. Like, I know. And it should have been the dumbest thing in the world, and instead it is one of the greatest things in the world. Never dismiss a movie because it sounds stupid, because you never fucking know. And I agree. This, I mean, this, yeah. as much as I was expecting this to be kind of, like, campy, and I figured, like, I'd enjoy it based on people telling me I would, um, it's actually just a good movie. And you're right, the script is when you after you when you finish it and you kind of think back to it and you realize like you're right there's nothing wasted um yep i remember brandon actually paused it at one point in the movie, early on in the movie when the way they kind of parcel out greta's past it's not done obnoxiously it's done really organically she's on the phone with a friend so like you're getting exposition but not in a like ridiculously forced way and so you you figure it out, and then it's clear. Oh yeah, she had an abusive boyfriend. Um, she is getting mm-hmm. as far away from him as she can. He paused. He's like, mm-hmm. they needed to do that. They needed to establish that she had that she is not going to leave this place. That she is safe here, and so on. And he's right. Like it's yeah. a clear. Like some people would get there, and as soon as they saw, oh, it's you're actually taking care of a doll. You'd you'd watch. You're watching this movie, and you're thinking, "Oh, like get out of there, get out of there." But in this case, no. She has a clear motivation to stay exactly where she is and take that money and do as she's told. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right. Um, this script 
is real and we'll get into it more once we like full on spoil it but there's a lot of really interesting nuanced things mm-hmm. to Greta's story which I really appreciate um and so like okay so not uh, we'll we'll lead up to the spoil and then we'll spoil so the doll the, she gets a list of rules for the doll and um she has to do these things and the parents are like leaving. They're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. They're older folks. Yep. They're going. They're they're going on vacation. She's got to watch them. And the only out contact she has from the outside world is the grocer who comes and drops stuff off. The very handsome Rupert Evans. Okay. Who's can, in Hellboy. Can we, we need That's to pause to talk about Rupert Evans. <laughs> um, is he a vampire or does he have Bianca Lawson disease? He's been the same age but now. But why he looks the way he does. Yeah, you know? like he looks... Remember, Hellboy was like going back now a long time. He looks exactly the same way I he know, looks in Hellboy. I know, The man does not age. Exactly the same. You're right. Continue. He doesn't. He's also in The Man in the High Castle, which I watched a couple episodes of, and was shocked how good he looked in that too. Only getting handsomer, I think. Yeah. Except looking like still really young. It's weird. It's weird. Um, so... They, like, develop this relationship, and she's kind of, like, like, flase da with the doll, and she's, like, I'm, what, whatever, but, like, the doll keeps looking at her or whatever, mm-hmm. but she's, like, you know, not, she, why, why am I gonna do these rules, right. like, 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 interact with a doll like it's a person, because it's a doll. That's where, that's where Greta's at, yeah. and I totally believe it, mm-hmm. and a couple times throughout this movie, Zach paused it and looked at me the second time watching it so he asks well what would you do or would you do this or would you react to that and everything that Greta does I think is completely realistic and believable like what you said about why she Mm -hmm. stays so weird stuff starts to happen with the doll and it's and it's scary and you're thinking like is the doll haunted because like it isn't a place and then isn't and mm-hmm. like it takes her like her necklace is gone and then her clothes are gone and she gets locked in the attic but like then the clothes come back and it's really weird and off-putting and you're like holy shit this is a ghost doll the right. kid died oh yeah because brahms died the real mm-hmm. brahms died in a fire and they like they take care of this doll like it's a kid so it's it's kind of like oh no greta there's a ghost but then greta's all like Oh, hey, this is a little ghost boy. He needs me to take care of him. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. It's the sweetest, most, yeah. like, earnest turn that this movie takes. And when she has that doll and she puts him in the middle of the, uh, the floor and, like, does the chalk outline to show mm-hmm. uh, Rupert Evans that he'll, that he'll move, like, it, she's, she's so, like, it's, it, she's so, like, open and helpful and, like, believing. It's really sweet. And it's the way she's suddenly talking and to him also, now, too, is she's talking to him like yep. a really caring nanny. hmm And we get the reveal that the awful boyfriend that she is trying to escape, spoilers, um, caused her to lose a child. Yes. And, and so it really, um... It, it it it's got this nice like it's real nicely packaged yeah. and like it's very cir- circular and right it clicks into and, place like, at that point it, too all of it explains itself yep. yeah so she was like she's like mothering this ghost doll boy because like it's in her it's who she is really and she oh and she even says like i came here for a reason like i was supposed to be here and like i'm totally there with her yeah like, at that point you get yeah, it I, sure I think it's a ghost baby and I'm taking care of it. Like, what the fuck? Obviously. <laughs> so, like, I'm already in love with this movie. Mm-hmm. 
like it's about a ghost baby, right? <laughs> There's the little boy, he's a ghost, and Greta's taking care of him. Except that it's not. <laughs> What's nope. the twist, Emily? What's the best twist in the it's world? It's your favorite kind of twist. It's a boy living in the walls twist. It's a guy in the walls, everybody. <laughs> There's a man in the walls of my house. It's what I like to call the bad Ronald move. So, like, I, so I love that. that. This happens in, is it Black Christmas? Uh, yes. Am I thinking of yes. the right yeah, one? Yeah, 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 Black Christmas. Wait, is it? Okay. Yeah. And Black Christmas also happens. Or, um, house on Sorority Row. Yeah. yeah, one of them. Maybe um, both. It definitely happens in one of the Christmas ones, mm-hmm. and I sometimes get them confused. But so let's say Black Christmas. It also ha- happens in the Pact, which is a movie that I love. Oh yes, yes, it um, does. Where it might be a ghost. Oh, it's it's actually a person. Yep. And there's another movie I recommended a couple months back. I can't remember the name of it, but like it's a again about like you think maybe a house is haunted, but it's this like awful creepy dude that's living in the attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my favorite subgenre, I think. Well, and it's. The way it's done here is it's really disturbing because you find out so oh boy because it starts getting teased that Brahms wasn't such a nice boy. And then you start getting concerned mm-hmm. for Greta because now she's like, I'm going to take care of this boy. And you're like, yeah, but I don't think he was very nice. And then like, yeah, no, no, no. He, he bashed a girl's face in and yep. maybe was, you know, set. I forget. So did the the fire, do you think who started the fire? Do we know? I think I think he did. Okay. I think Brahms did. Okay, and so the and because I wasn't sure at that point was it that the parents did and he didn't die, so then this was their guilty way of taking care of him. Um, but yeah, that he's and it, it, it did. I, then I did start to think of the logic. I'm like, okay, so they knew he was in the walls. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how did they interact with him? I guess was what I was trying to figure out. Like, well, Emily, what was interesting, not to completely cut you off, which is what I just did. I just can't wait to say this <laughs> thing I'm about to say. Um, so watch it the first time. It, it is what it is. It's, it is the movie that it's meant to be. And I like it. Watching it the second time, knowing that it's a, a guy in the wall. The rules make so much fucking sense. Sure. About play the music he, loud. She, play the music loud, read to him in a loud, clear voice, like about like leave, like not throwing the scraps away. Right. Um, so that he can get food and the, like cleaning out the rat traps so the rats don't get in the wall. This is such an efficient movie. Yeah, that's really like, true. And basically when the, inter- when they, when they have the interactions, especially when Greta is talking to the dad mm-hmm. before they leave, he is legit telling her, Oh, there's a boy in the wall. He huh. like, almost flat out says it. I, it it's so it, it's so interesting like once you know it's the, the the dialogue is really obvious um so they, yeah he just fucking lived in the wall and had a creepy doll face and like the parents like i i mean to go back to pin perhaps um brahms in the wall was projecting himself onto the doll and wanted to be interacted with only through the doll possible yeah since we know his body was scarred and burned and they and the parents also at this point knew that he was not safe to be around that he was a dangerous violent yep. boy um mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it yeah it's it's good it's really good <laughs> um really good and something i really liked about it i mean the house is great and i mean it's you know this big gothic 
a secluded mansion that's very British in style. So that's fun. Uh, the I really liked the music because the score. Oh, me too. Yeah, it, yep. it does some really clever things. Like I noticed it especially at the end that there's a very much a lullaby ness to the score all mm-hmm. the way through, and at the end it's really perfect how it is um hush little baby but it's like not so obvious that it is like it's it's the song but like incomplete and stretched out and slow and it's really really effective um the guy that did the music is i because i recognize the name in the opening credits i'm like I, i know that guy because he has a great name his name is bear mccreary um, and he did... Oh, yeah, from Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Um, uh, I think he did a lot of the music on... Mm-hmm. Where did it go? Um, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think he does that theme. He apparently did music to Step Up 3D, so obviously he's a hero to me. Um, oh, well, there were some other interesting things, yes. though, that he did. Constantine, Defiance, 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, Colossal. Oh, he did the music to Colossal. How about that? Yep. Uh, and Happy Death He's Day. really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I only knew who he was from from Battlestar. That's when I first noticed his name. Shings, and he's, he's real, real good. Yep. Oh, and he does the music on The Walking Dead. So he's, he's doing fine employment-wise. So good for him. <laughs> um, the w- one thing I will say um, is the... <laughs> where uh, I mentioned earlier the one accent that really stuck out. Because, I mean, I'm guessing this had to be filmed in England, and it probably was one of those movies where they, like, you know, filmed it. I, I mean, the budget on this couldn't have been huge, and it was probably like, we have to cast British people in all these parts. Her When her ex-boyfriend shows up, and he is clearly supposed to be American, but man, that guy cannot hide his accent. That accent, I'm so glad you noticed it oh. and mentioned it. That well, I have ears, is... Christine. Of course I noticed it. Yeah. Um, what is he, Scottish? No, he's English. I almost thought he was Irish, but... I mean, physically, he looks right for that part. I thought he was Irish, part, too. I but... would have bet money on it. Yeah, because, I mean, he just... He, did, he mm-hmm. just needed, like, one more, you know, accent class with his professor wherever he went. Um, yeah, but the old couple is... is The scene where... Again, we've spoiled everything, so it's fine. The scene where they kill themselves. Oh, is, my gosh, you guys. It's so British. Maybe it's just because I always associate putting stones in your pockets with Virginia Woolf. But yeah, me too. when they go out and they're walking to the beach and they start to start picking up rocks and putting them in their pockets, mm-hmm. just like that's one of those. I mean, look, suicide's never a pleasant thing, but there are certain ways to do it that take a certain, um, a, a certain force in your body to do. And to me, that's one like. Because that's not a quick death, and you are deliberately putting yourself through mm-hmm. something, and I, I guess in part it's that they are kind of punishing them, punishing themselves, because they're do they've done something terrible and they're doing something even more terrible now, by basically saying, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're leaving you, um, we're sorry, we're kind of shitty parents, but don't worry, we've brought you a nice young pretty woman. They give him Greta. Yes. It is so upsetting. It is, yeah. And, you know, because they even, when they say earlier, like, oh, we've had other nannies and, you know, Brahms didn't like them, it really makes you wonder, like, 
okay, what was that process like? And what was his, like, did he have, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, swipe left, swipe right? Like, how was this working exactly in the walls? But yeah, there's, and again, this is a case of, this is a PG-13 horror film. There, There is, you know, there is some violence. There is, but, but, but it manages to be really suggestive of some really disturbing shit without having yep. to show any of it. And it's, it's a really good feat. And it, I mean, to me, I have a lot of respect for films that end up being made for that lower rating, but do a lot, just because I think that's, that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do. And, you, like, you deserve credit for it. And I think this movie really does. It, it's, it's a fucking disturbing movie, the more I think about it. Yep. It's really upsetting. So, to, to, to really piggyback on what you were just saying, um, it's upsetting and disturbing. It, there's a lot of allusions to things mm-hmm. like her, Brahms, Wall Brahms' relationship with her. And oh, when, like, when, when they show the doll her. he made. Yep. Oh God. Yep. Yeah. That moment. Like I, I laugh just because I always laugh when somebody has made an effigy of somebody. Um, but mm-hmm. then as soon as I laughed, it was like, ah, oh, yep. Yeah. It, so that's disturbing, but also, and this is what really, um, stuck with me was when her the, her abusive boyfriend like shatters the, the Brahms doll oh god yeah it, I mean I, like, I jumped at that I gasped that was awful to it, watch it was so upsetting especially when you when you know you have the reveal that he caused her to lose yeah. a child he yes. basically took her child mm-hmm. again yeah it's so upsetting oh yeah and even how that scene is, as much as I was distracted by the accent, um, how it's played when she show, she comes home and he's there. Because you you get it. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand this is an abusive relationship. She knows not to push his buttons. She is, she is trying to play the situation to get everybody out of there safely. And that's really upsetting because... It's, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, by this point now, I really like this woman and I know what she's been through and... And I get that as soon as he's there of, oh, shit, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I read somewhere in the trivia that I, at one point, I think this was going to be R, maybe when it was still in a script. Um, and that I think, like, one of the things was that, like, Brahms was, I guess, a little more, or once you meet actual Brahms, that he was more, like, sexual to her, or that he kind of, like, tries to do more than kiss her. I'm so glad that it, it doesn't go there. It's there. Again, it's there. The subtext is there. Um, his parents recruited a pretty young woman for him to make his own. I get that. Mm-hmm. And when she puts him to bed and he says, can I have a good night kiss? You're like, you. that's so loaded. I don't need it to go any farther than how it goes, which is him holding the kiss too long and it being fucked up. Anything more would have been so much more fucked up. And I didn't need that. This is really disturbing and how suggestive it is. And again, like, it makes me really happy. Yeah, like, I I don't know if I would have liked it as much if they did go for, like, an R and it was explicit and kind of gross. And yeah. It could have, it just could have gone down a really wrong path if it wasn't handled right. Yeah. And instead it's yep. handled, you know, quote unquote, with kid gloves because it's made for a younger, technically, you know, or... or allowed for a younger audience and it ends up being that much more effective as a result and it 
you know, for everybody that says, oh, they don't make them like the haunting anymore, you know, show, don't tell and all that. Like, well, here's a case where mm-hmm. they found a way to do that. And it, it really works. Yep. And uh, then people shit on it because it's about a doll. Yeah. Or because it's PG-13. I, I like, I, I don't know. What yep. do you want, people? What do you want? Uh, the director of photography is Daniel Pearl, who has worked quite a lot. Um, do you recognize him? Do you know what his first film no. might have been? Uh, it is both one of yours and my favorite movies of all time. Uh, this is the guy who did the cinematography on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool. And that, which I didn't realize, that was his first film. Um, he, his first film of 172 credits. This guy works. Wow. A lot. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's when you scroll through his filmography. And he, I mean, he does a lot of concerts, I guess. So that ups the quotient quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it's a lot of concerts. Where do we get to some... You know, it's funny. He really actually hasn't done many films when you look at it. Most of his credits are um, filmed concerts, but still pretty cool. Uh, The other thing that um, I did not want to forget is I realized watching this, uh, who Brahms reminded me of and who, if like the boy as a doll had to be played by an actor who they could have gotten, would have been Freddie Highmore as Norman Bates. Yeah, 100%. Like perfect. Like little sweater with little tie underneath, like perfect like brown hair to the side like it's it, I'm like watching them like that's a little Freddie Highmore as a doll it's kind of it's uncanny I agree and I can totally see that mm-hmm. um I'm gonna say that Wal Brahms yep. was there, there he was handsome let's just say that <laughs> do we never really Wal, see his Wal face Brahms though do we it. I look I don't need to see his face oh so wait that's you not, find him handsome with the doll with the doll face on is what you're saying no, from the neck down. I'm objectifying him. Oh. Don't make me state <laughs> No, I honestly thought, like, you were into the whole package with the mask. Like, I thought, I mean, Christine, we just talked about how your favorite scene in Pin was when the nurse <laughs> fucked the dummy. So I thought maybe it was a I thing know. you've got going on now. I'm not judging. I just wanted to make sure I had it clear as all. Thank you. No, I just thought, like, I don't know. I was like, oh, Brahms is a good looking guy. He's in shape. That's what <laughs> I guess all that wall climbing will do that for you, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, I know he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that uh, a lot of handsome men are. It's okay. Uh, but that's this, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was, where was the, now, now I'm like, now I gotta look at him. Uh, he's, he's a handsome guy. Looks a little bit like Hugh Dancy. Yeah, he's life. fine. I'm yeah. just saying, uh, saying, like, I liked what he was working with. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how you work out when you live in a wall. I like maybe it's just a lot of work getting up and down the wall. I I mean I guess he's doing a lot of cardio, but I guess the question more is yeah. where are you building muscle, right? Like maybe he's just doing lots of push-ups. I guess. I mean, you, you live in a wall and you don't have anybody to talk to other than the um, you know, paper stuffed doll you made of your babysitter yeah you know you're gonna get bored sure yeah and again flowers in the attic connection 
Yeah, that's true. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Very, very thematic tie-in episode. I love it. I love when it works out that way. Uh, yeah. No, I was, like, really, really pleased by this movie. And it was atmospheric, and it was spooky, and it was also deeper and disturbing in ways that you would never expect from a PG-13 horror movie dropped in January about a doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, do you have more to say, or should we, are we about ready to rate it and uh, move on? I think we can rate it. I think I've said everything. Okay, yeah. Uh, quality of film. Seven point eight, maybe. Yeah, I was, I was. I'm like thinking around seven point seven five. I think is a fair number for me, because it is mm-hmm. like for for what it is and for what it's trying to do, it does it really well. So I think that is a fair place for that. So yeah, all right. Quality of life. Um, I think after the second watch, I'm going to say nine. Wow. Okay, I'll go eight for now because I just really enjoyed watching it, and I like. I, I'm always happy when I can watch a horror movie with my husband. And he can enjoy it because we have very different mm-hmm. levels of approval, I guess. And I might be a little softer in ratings. I thought you were going to say levels of taste. Well, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Yes, I was trying to say it a little bit, you know, to not be so insulting to me and my lowbrow to taste. To you, I know. Yes. Um, let's just say I can forgive movies a lot more easily than he can. Yeah. And so it's really nice when we watch a movie and it's over and I look at him and he's like, that was really good. I'm like, oh. <gasps> You enjoyed it. I, that makes me feel good. So, yeah, no, this is a good solid eight. Um, I will rewatch it in time, and I look forward to doing that. So I am glad that you had yeah, I, at I think... one point said you liked it enough for me to keep it in my mind. Yay! Woo-hoo. All right. So that was the boy uh, and pin. And before we leave you folks, let's give you some streaming recommendations. Christine, what have you got? <laughs> I forgot we did that. <laughs> I thought you had one at the beginning. You're like, I'm going to use that for my streaming recommend. No? I do, I, I do have it. I do have it, but I forgot the name of the movie, and I was surprised when you just said that. <laughs> that thing like, that we've I've, never done that. thing that before. I've said 98 times before, I'll have you know. I was like, mm-hmm, we're wrapping up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. It is, okay, so I'm just, look, the end of this movie is really, really bad. Um, That's okay. There's, that. I can forgive a movie. Some people cannot when that happens. Um, I have also seen really bad reviews for this. Um, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's worth all that, like, venom, though. Um, so it's an, I believe it's a Netflix original. Um, and it's got Jack's son from Lost in it, and it's called The Open House. Okay, I don't know it. It hasn't come by me on Netflix. So you liked it, which but is shocking not because end- it, I know it jammed it down my throat. It it like it was like watch this movie, and it emailed me about the movie. Jeez, oh, you know I think my Netflix emails go to a different email address that I never check. So Open House. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that is Jack's. Oh yeah, Jack's son who was on like three different Law and Order episodes. Uh oh, I think I'm playing it now. Yeah. That's not what I meant to do. I just wanted a synopsis. Um, okay, I'm not getting. I I don't know how Netflix is weird now. Tell me about Open House and if you liked it, because you liked it and I um, recommend <laughs> it, but you're giving me a warning about the ending. Yes, I'm gonna say that the 
and I'm bold words. The ending some sometimes can almost undo undo a movie for me that's very rare yeah because like i'll go in for the whole experience this ending almost undid what i thought was really effective about the rest of the movie um i felt like it built tension it made me uncomfortable similar to the movies we just covered it's like you know what's going on in this house what's going on to these people you know like but it set i feel like it set up all these things and then the ending was like oh well it wasn't any of those but mm. n- which might have been the writer's point it might have been the okay. point to say like the real horrors are the you know once you if, if you watch it you'll understand but like i don't know there was like a really interesting relationship between the mom and the son and like i think that boy is is watchable and likable and he was really likable in this movie okay. um I would never, it, I didn't feel like it was a waste of time. I didn't, like, go, oh, I want my hour and a half back. Mm-hmm. But, like, like the end, Emily, watch it, because the end's so stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. This, this is reminding me of when I watched The That's Last all. Exorcism with Brandon. And, like, when it ended, he like he's like, did you just, like, want me to get angry? <laughs> Because then I knew, I'm like, I know the I know he's going to hate the ending, but maybe not, maybe I can defend the ending on the second watch. Maybe I'll find something redeeming in it. And instead he was like, you knew, like, he's mm-hmm. like, you knew I would hate that ending. I'm like, I know, but I thought maybe, maybe there was something. I feel like you're doing that to me now. Now I know what he felt like. Um, yeah, but like, I, there were, like, I got freaked out. Like, I was tense okay. and like, like. There was a few jumps, and, like, I was in. Like, I bought into it. All right. And then it ended, and I was like, maybe, again, maybe it's expectation. Okay. I wanted it to be one of the eight different endings they set up (laughs) and didn't pay off. Well, I like that now I'm going to watch it knowing, like, well, at the end, you're going to be disappointed. So that might help me. There you go. Yeah. Maybe you'll love it. I might. Who knows? Uh, All right. Cool. Now, my recommend, um, if you remember what I said an hour and a half ago or so, I dropped something that was a clue. Not the girl in the photographs. The girl with all the gifts is my Amazon streaming recommend. I I was wondering if you had seen it, and that's Uh why you were talking like that. I finally watched it. Yes, I finally did. I remember Jason really liked this, and so I had put it on my list forever and just hadn't gotten around to it, and just kind of felt like watching something or another this weekend. Um, this is just really good. So it is a zombie film. Uh, it is set in the future and it co-stars Glenn fucking close, which I don't know. I like living in a world where Glenn close is in a zombie movie. Uh, also Gemma Archer, Archeron. I never know how to say her name, but I, I love her. I don't know how her. to say her name either. But I you... thought maybe you would just kind of do it. I mean, I could... <laughs> we'd be, we'd be okay it. with it. Gemma Arterton? 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 Man, they don't even do like the pronunciation thing on IMDb. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know who I mean. She's beautiful, and she's really, really good, and I love her. So it's always nice to see her in movies. Mm-hmm. Um this, but like the best thing about this movie is it is so it's set in a zombie world. It's a different kind of zombie virus. It's like a fungal zombie virus, so it mm-hmm. spreads differently. And kind of the like interesting start to it is that you have uh, like a second wave of the virus where kids that were basically when they were babies that were in their mother's bellies when the disease started spreading are sort of born where they're human 
they seem like humans, they're kind of human, but they also, if they're kind of, they smell human flesh, they will eat you and turn you into a fungal zombie thing. So the movie focuses on this young girl who is adorable and lovely and wonderful. This young actress, um, she didn't hasn't done that much, uh, but so she's really like the star of it. And she's just so sweet and cute and likable and you just your heart goes out to her immediately and so you're rooting for her and I was really upset that something terrible would happen and um, uh, this movie is good and has good zombie stuff going on but it's also like weirdly sweet and like does make some interesting I don't know it has interesting themes going on and everything and I will tell you I cried at the end of this movie I think I did, too. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. I didn't realize you'd seen it. Yeah, I think it was my recommend, like, I don't know. Some time uh, ago. Some ways. Episode 30 or something. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I remember liking it a lot. Um, but again, I, I talk about expectations. I think I expected to, like, want to flip a table. Sure. I liked it so much. So I think if I rewatched it, it would really hit. Because gotcha. I know how good it was. Yeah, and I yeah. know how, like, invested I was. Yeah. And that little girl is so good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. And so I recommend that to everybody. So, yeah. Yes. Now, Christine, this was episode 99. Yeah. So what is it next? Was. What's our next episode? Well, if, if school has taught me anything, it's that um, 100 comes next. It does. It is our 100th episode. Spectacular. Uh, so that's exciting. Now we did Yay! a big spectacular for our 50th, like five years ago, because we're slow guys. <laughs> no, Grant, like I will say we, like, if you were to add in the bonuses and stocking stuffers, we're at like 600 episodes, but it's easier to not count them that's as true. real episodes because they're not real movies. So instead we are officially at 99. Again, I've miscounted once or twice, but I think I've miscounted to where it balanced it out. So I think it really is going to be 100. It might actually be 101. I don't know. But whatever. Look, numbers are relative. It's, yes. it's fine. So we're making next episode a special episode. And in order to make it special, uh, now we had previously done our 50 favorite films. So we are not going to do our 100 favorite films because that would take a really long time. Um, instead, mm -hmm. we are going to talk about our favorite movie moments. Yes. How many are we going to talk about? Twenty-five. Is that what we how said? How many? How many do you want to do? <laughs> I don't. I'm open to whatever. Okay, we'll figure out what that number is once we figure out how many we can actually figure out. I guess. But that's what we're doing. So next time will be a special episode where we just talk about scenes or moments or whatnot in our movies that are our favorite. Doesn't have to be our favorite movies. Might just be a thing in a movie that's like our favorite thing. So that's what we're doing next time. Uh, until then, if you want to talk about stuff, please come over to our Facebook group at Facebook, The Feminine Critique, or on Twitter at Feminine Podcast, where sometimes we remember we have a Twitter. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes. It, yeah, I mean, it's, I just find Twitter very hard now. I'm old. I got older. Twitter's weird. It just, everything is getting, I'm getting grumpy. Everything is getting for the kids. It's hard to manage. <sighs> Mm -hmm. Twitter's depressing. Well, that too, yes. And it's like, I don't get as many cute dog pictures. If I'm on Facebook, like, if I scroll long enough, I'm going to get a video of a dog and a duck hanging out together, and that's just more pleasing to me, so. 
when in doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So do those things, folks, and we will see you next time. Uh, just in the meantime, um, also, if you have thoughts about anatomical muscle dolls, please talk to us. <laughs>